It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. It is that time. It is time for the football preview extravaganza. Brendan Gallagher will join us on the program a little later on when we talk about the uh, thumb. No, it's Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens is joining us. (laughs) Not Mike Gallagher. All right, Mike Gallagher will join us. Oh, I thought you were getting me Brendan Gallagher. No. Anyway. I thought I was going to meet a Montreal Canadian. So we have Gallagher coming on. He'll talk about the thumb, but we have a lot to talk about before then. I mean, we're uh, strap in. This might be a podcast you listen to in multiple sittings because we are going to go through the whole Mac, the whole BWAC, and then Gallagher will be our tour guide through the thumb. All right. And we'll get right into it next meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet nothing runs like a deer search john deere gator for more contact one of tri-county equipment's 10 locations in bad axe birch run burton carrow fenton lapeer marlette reese saginaw or sandusky or visit tri-county equipment online at tricountyequipment.com marshall campbell company located in port huron is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools fluid power electrical tools and other electrical supplies providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years the company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives automotives ballast and lamps boxes and closures building products chemicals and lubricants electrical fittings and equipment janitorial equipment wire devices and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company located at 2975 Lapeer Road or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows. With low e-glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Fort Huron. here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. They're already impressive selection has now doubled i guarantee if you go into tp logos you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's tp logos at 901 michigan avenue in marysville Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Dura Clean by Bachelor. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and it's time to uh, get uh, right to, to it and start looking over the uh, preview for our area football teams as the season will begin on Thursday. Can you believe it? Yeah, you want to let everyone know where we're going to be on Thursday before we get into the nitty-gritty of this? Busy, busy week coming up, and it starts on Thursday. I'll be in Marysville. Marysville will be taking on Elmont. I don't believe the two teams have ever played each nope, other before. Well, at least since 1950, so, when records became a thing. Yeah. So, so that uh, is uh, interesting in and of itself, but that's a nice little rivalry game to uh, get the season started. And uh, you'll be uh, just down the road uh, from me uh, with uh, St. Clair and Richmond in Richmond. Uh, and that's really become a, a kind of a fierce rivalry these last few years in every other sport, so why not football? Yeah, we'll talk about that more on Wednesday because I think there's going to be a little bad blood, and then Friday we're just as busy. Yeah, Friday afternoon I'll be at the Big House. Port here in High will open the season against the defending state champ in Grand Rapids uh, Catholic Central, uh, and that will be a 3.30 kickoff. And then uh, in the evening, you'll have time to tune in Brady. I think this is a fun matchup to start the season as Marine City will host Armada. A lot of orange and black in that matchup. I hope their <laughs> jerseys are different enough. And then even a little uh, little swan song on Saturday from Dennis. Yeah, Saturday night, actually, in Roseville, of all places. And uh, we can maybe... Do- 
get into that more later in the week as well. But Cardinal Mooney will have a home game against Sterling Heights Parkway Christian. All right, let's get right into our preview. We'll start with the Marine City Mariners. They are coming off a 13-1 season, Dennis. Their only loss to the aforementioned Grand Rapids Catholic Central. They lost in the D5 State Finals 31-7. They come back. Here's their schedule. You mentioned they host Armada at Clawson, host St. Clair, which host, you just lose a home game, um, at South Lake, Marysville's at home, at Lampfear. They host Clintondale, and then that senior night, they're at Centerline and at Durand. Dennis, it's Marine City. You know they're going to be good. The question is, are they hoping to win a game at Ford Field good, or are they hoping to win a regional title good? Well, all these things will be answered. This is what I'm going to tell you about Marine City. Here's my lecture on Marine City. Uh, over the last 39 seasons, they've had one losing year when they went four and five. And they were uh, playing overtime away from not yes. having a losing season and yeah. continuing and, their playoffs. And, and getting in, into the playoffs, which in the last 32 years, they've made the playoffs 29 times. They've missed just one time in the last 24 years it's almost a quarter of a century of football where you've missed the playoffs just one time just the last four seasons 41 and 7 so averaging 10 wins a year they've been to the finals to the semifinals to a regional final and to a district final in that four-year uh stretch they just figure out ways to win to win consistently uh and and i don't see any reason why that trend will not continue this year, uh, and I'll, and I'll give you I'll give you one name, and they have more than one name. This is a team that's got way more than one name, but Zach Tetler is one reason why the Mariners won't lose a lot of games. Well, let me add on to your stats real quick, excluding the one COVID forfeit against Notre Dame Prep in 2020. The Marine City Mariners have not lost a regular season game. That has been played. That wasn't decided by forfeit. Since October 5th of 2018, Dennis, those seniors were in eighth grade. Yes. If they go undefeated, this Mariner class would have the Mariner senior class would have never lost a regular season game that they actually played, which is a ridiculous feat, and I think it's doable. So yeah, let's start with Zach Tetler. I believe the exact number was 27 touchdowns last year. Damn near rushing. 30. Yes, rushing he had, touchdowns. He had actually 31 total touchdowns last season. 27 rushing, three receiving, and, the, and one either on special teams fumble, or defensive. It was the fumble six against yeah. uh, Portland yeah, that and he his, picked up and scored. His combined rushing and receiving yards were... Uh, 1,649. And that's with him not playing in the second half of basically the first nine games or eight games of the year. Um, I believe he averaged seven touches a game on offense. There you go. So you have that. Um, You have a third-year starting quarterback in Jeff Heslop. Now, Jeff Heslop, most games last year, all he had to do was turn around and hand it off, and there were plenty of guys there to hand it off to. There still is. Uh, Anthony Rafino's still there. Uh, you're going to have Parker Atkinson on the outside, but Jeff Heslop can throw the ball around the, around as good as any other quarterback in the area. He, I would say conservatively going into the season, you put him probably as a top three quarterback in the area, 
And yeah, the Mariners are loaded offensively, Dennis. And I know everybody in the room is going to go, well, they lost so much on defense. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I'm just saying that doesn't mean the Mariners aren't going to be good because in 2013 they gave up 280 points. And you know what they did that year? Won a state they won title. a state title. Yeah, the defense has been a uh, a stronghold the last three seasons. I mean, 2019, that was a full year. They only gave up 90 points on the year. Last year, they gave up 149 in 14 games. That's a pretty damn good uh, stretch, but they did lose a ton. You can't ignore that. You you don't have a walker um, playing linebacker, which basically for the last five or so years, um, and you don't have that. You lost a bunch of guys, Jacob Hinchurik, uh, Ty Nelson, um, among others. I know there's more I can't think of off the top of my head, but I believe they lost about nine starters to Charles Tiger, obviously, um, about nine starters defensively. Uh, Zach Tetler did play both ways, so he's one that will come back. But I think it is fair to say that the defense will at least be a question mark. I don't want to say concerned because I know the coaching staff and I know the way they produce athletes. They'll figure it out. But I think it's fair to at least say, I want to see what this Mariner defense will look like in 2022. And I just look at it, Brady, and I go, even if they're giving up another touchdown a game, who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop them from scoring enough to win so you win your games 43 to 20 instead of 43 to 14 yeah i'm the i guess the question is are they only one touchdown behind last year is is the ultimate question and especially against teams like armada or marysville what a defense like that if your defense takes a step back it does take away touches from the offense because you know and I know, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be the plan on the 26th, Armada is going to try to win that time of possession battle as best they can. They want to keep the ball out of Zach Tetler's hands. And defensively, you can't do that. Offensively, hey, if Kyle Conan's running the ball for five yards a pop, you know who's not touching the ball? Zach Tetler. And that's where maybe... If the defense isn't up to snuff, and again, I don't, I don't think it's a question of are they going to be bad. I don't think that's anyone's thinking. That is, are they going? How close are they going to be to elite? Are they just going to be a good defense, or are they going to be another elite defense? But if teams can melt the clock away, if teams can keep it out of the playmakers' hands, then that kind of takes the offense back a bit. What's what's the old uh, adage? The best defense is a good offense. I. I just still uh, I I just have a hard time thinking that uh, too many teams in uh, in our area at least or in the Macomb area conference that they play are going to have uh, an easy time with uh, Marine City. I still think that this is the area's elite football team until somebody knocks them off. I agree completely. I mean, it's if they lost more than one game this year, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, Armada, I think, has a, at least with teams on the schedule, has a decent chance to do it in week one. The Max Silver is just, I hope Marysville's taking a step forward and St. Clair lost a great senior class. We'll talk about them in a minute. But I just, yeah, 
Their schedule is not the toughest, and that is, I don't think anyone would really argue that. I know Lampfear lost their all everything running back. I don't expect them to put up points like they have in years past. South Lake, they might score a little bit, but I don't, they traditionally have not been able to stop a lot. Um, yeah, there's just, I don't see a whole lot of spots where they could trip up in the regular season. Yeah, I just, again, I'm, I'm high on the Mariners, always have been. I know, yes, I, I admit they've lost a lot and their defense isn't, you know, going to get nine shutouts, but it wasn't going to get nine shutouts anyways uh, with the elite players that they had last year. I still, they find ways to, to fill gaps and plug holes and come up with players that we don't even know about yet, that we haven't seen play, who I think will do just fine. Are they going to be a wild walker? Of course not. Or, or, Charles, or Charles Tigert. Those are special players, but, you know, they, they they played and won and, and had good defenses before those guys got there, and they'll play and win and have good defenses now that those guys are gone. I know some of the coaches, and it seems like one name that always comes up that they want to take a big step forward is Cole O'Croy. Um, yeah, Marine City just it, it's passing the baton on to the next the next set of great manners, and at some point it will end. I don't think we're near it, but yeah, and. It helps that they kind of catch St. Clair coming down. Now, if this was St. Clair's team last year, maybe you're thinking they have a chance to get into a shootout, but I, I don't think you're holding Marine City under four touchdowns and in most games. The, the, the concern is going to come in the playoffs when you go, oh, Frankenmuth's in a region. Oh, Portland's in our region. And that's when you have to really see where the defense is and how it evolves over the season because yeah on their schedule unless Durand is something in week nine which they were uh they made the playoffs they they were one of the I think they went six and three last year but I don't know I just don't see a, a a spot where they slip up um they're getting a lot of praise early you see some rankings have them as high as number two and I think that's partially because you put the runner up number two. Um, yeah, I think it might be, and they might have a little tougher road getting to Ford Field because Dennis last year they had such a paved road to a regional final, and even then, Corona was not a bad team. But of of the teams they could have met in that spot, Corona is the team they wanted to see. Yeah, well, and I'm just I want to remind everybody out there though how how tough this is because we talk about how good they are, but. They've been to the finals four times in 39 years. So basically, they get there once a decade. Think about that. It's tough to win a state title. It's tough to make a run. Um, And there are a lot of Marine Cities and programs like Marine City across the state. And they're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And again, I don't think we're talking about, okay, can they win the Max Silver? Because unless someone beats them, they're the – I mean – until someone beats them, they're the tattooed pick to win the Max, Max Silver. Again, go back to the stat I told you ten minutes ago. They haven't lost. This class has not lost a regular season game they've played, which is a ridiculous stat. No one on that football team knows what it feels like to lose a game and get ready for next week because <laughs> every game they've lost has been in the playoffs. Yep. So 
Yeah, Marine City is going to be what Marine City is. They're going to continue this run. Their coaching staff is elite, and they develop elite players. And I just – Armada will be a fun game in week one. Um, St. Clair week three, that's always a fun game just because it's a rivalry in Marysville in week five. But, yeah, Dennis – We've never picked against Marine City on this podcast, and I don't know if anyone's going to pick against them going forward. Yeah, no, I again, I, I think this is a, a solid football team. Well, again, playoffs are a wild card, and I'll worry about that uh, in 10 weeks when we get to the playoffs and we see what the road is and who's out there and how well teams have played. And we'll also have a full – regular season of knowing how the Mariners played right um there could be a rematch with Armada Richmond's there but the one bugaboo at least locally for Marine City Elmont is in division six so you know that won't be a matchup their cross district rival the St. Clair Saints coming off an amazing bounce back year Dennis that I don't think either you or I could have ever predicted they went eight and three won the Matt Gold which I believe was only their third or fourth league title in school history they lost in a battle with Croslex those kids left their heart out in the field in that Croslex game uh, lost in a district final this year the St. Clair Saints open at Richmond have a Matt crossover at home with Lincoln then have the battle for the ballot with Marine City Clintondale's at home they go to Lampfear Southlake at home go, travel just up the road to Marysville Hazel Park at home and Port Huron Northern at home to end the season Dennis, I did the math, this round trip there and back. I think the Saints are traveling like 130 miles this year total in nine weeks. Yeah, like Port Huron High will do that many miles in week one. Yeah. <laughs> Port Huron, yeah, no, legitimately, Port Huron High travels more in week one than St. Clair travels all year long. They lose an incredible senior class. There's still a few leftovers, but Dennis, there's a lot of ifs with this St. Clair team. Well, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because they kind of flew under the radar last year. They'd had that one-win team, but they'd had a lot of injuries that year. And they were much more healthy last year with kind of the same group of kids. And they really surprised us winning a, a league title, not just beating, but they kind of throttled North Branch. Yeah, it was uh, in the 35-14, and I believe it was 35-7 at one point. North Branch actually scored about a buck 20 into the game, and they put the clamps on North Branch. And that was a North Branch team that I think had won six straight going into that yeah, game. Yeah, they, they were on fire. And then, of course, they battled with Croslex. They gave Croslex everything uh, that they had in that game. So it was a really good season for St. Clair last year. But again, we come in kind of not knowing what we're getting because, again, they moved a lot of guys out, um, and they go one Ellis for another Ellis at uh, quarterback, but this is a much younger player, although from what we saw at practice and from what everybody's telling us, he's, he's an Ellis, and he's got the right mentality, and he's got skills, and he's got talent. That's an awful lot to put on a young player. Yeah, uh, 
Peyton Ellis, the sophomore, will what we all expect to be the starter at uh, quarterback. Logan Ellis, the middle Ellis, will be the halfback, fullback, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure he'll be playing defensively. I think he was one of their better uh, – I think he actually led the team in interceptions uh, a year ago. So he's never going to be coming off the field. I'm assuming he's the kick returner again still. So he's going to be the one known commodity with St. Clair. Him and then Hunter Richardson's going to be at tight end. That's a nice safety valve to have for a young quarterback. But who are going to be the other guys? If you just have a tight end and nothing else, guess what? You can you can scheme to blanket a tight end. You can scheme to try to keep Logan Ellis in there if there's no other threats of somewhere to go. That's what's going to determine this St. Clair season is who are going to be the young guys if there are young guys that are going to step up and be that second, third option. Because remember last year, hey, you want a key on Luke Ellis, you have Ethan White, you have Brendan Cole, you have Logan Ellis, you have Luke Ellis. And the four or five options to handle the ball with a big offensive line Still big, just not gargantuan like a year before, but a lot of ifs when I'm talking about this St. Clair team, and I think we had some ifs about them last year, but can they? Can those young guys step up? Yeah, our, our ifs about them were, were kind of based on the fact that guys that they had that they knew they had, we didn't really know about because they'd been hurt the year before. Um, this year, I, I think, they've got a couple of young receivers that they're they're banking on but again it's going to be tough and the just the the mentality there and the way they play i worry too about if they get another rash of injuries because it doesn't seem like the depth is there for the saints this season um and so you start losing guys on that defense um and the other thing is you can't replace a maddox moselle no, um, and they had Kai a whole, They had a lot of size on their line last year, and now they've moved Richardson over to tight end. So, can they plug the uh, the holes on their line uh, and be effective to protect their young quarterback and to open holes for their running back? Yeah, because you mentioned there that's three really good offensive linemen that won't be on the offensive line. Yes, I know Richardson will be a tight end, but guess what? He's He's probably their number one target right now, so he's not going to be dropping back in pass pro. Those replacement O-linemen are going to, like you said, have the way to insulate a young quarterback because that's what last year Luke Ellis was experienced. He knew how to kind of finagle in and, and get the offense running the way he wanted to. They were senior heavy, so they were a, a smart bunch. Now... Peyton Ellis is going to have to learn the ropes a little bit, and how quickly can he do that? Because Dennis, their schedule is not kind early on at Richmond. Uh, we don't know what, what the Blue Devils are going to be. We'll, get, we'll talk about that a little more later. Host Lincoln and then Marine City. Yeah, that's not a um, that's not a very friendly schedule for a sophomore quarterback. No, the, the, but uh, again. I'm actually a little have a little more question about the defensive side of the ball because their defense was good last year, very much, and, and it got better each week of the the season. Um, you know, they they really only had the two bad games and one didn't count. 
Um, right. The the game with, uh, with Roseville. With Roseville. By the way, we saw Roseville yeah, at a scrimmage with PH. They're go- they're winning. Unless Gross Point South is really good, they're going to win the white. They are they are a wagon and a half. They, they had Marine City in week one, and, and we both feel like they probably could have played a little better that game than they did. Yeah, I don't think, like, even if they play at week nine, I don't think they win. But instead of 43-12, maybe it's 31-17. But uh, uh, they had some good games last year defensively, and, and they weren't easy to play against last year and they're going to really I think to help what's another way you help a young quarterback and and a young offense don't give up that many points so that they don't have to score as many yeah because again a lot of the guys guys we mentioned defensively are gone Brennan Cole was actually one of the area's better secondary players I liked him a lot back there and yeah, it's just I mean that was kind of a special class to go from one and six to eight and three yeah, I I think they can do well in the Max Silver because again, Clintondale we don't know, Lamphere we don't know, Southlake we don't know. Those could if there could be a chance two of those three teams are playoff teams and are really good, and the Max Silver turns out to be tough, and maybe they aren't, and maybe it's just kind of the St. Clair County teams that are battling out at the top of the Max Silver. But again, I go back to St. Clair has so many ifs. If this young guy steps up, if the O-line, if the defense can do this, and I'm very excited I get to see him in week one because I feel like a lot of those ifs, for better or for worse, will be answered kind of for both sides. Yeah, that's an interesting game because Richmond and St. Clair, right now I call it about 50-50, and it's just because I, I don't have a clear cut on either team as to just how good they are or just how much they've fallen off yeah it's i i really i really don't know with st Clair. they were the one dentist that we went to camp and we left and we're like i still really don't know and it maybe it's because we saw them early without pads and and the coaches still probably didn't know because it was only day two of practice when we were down there but yeah i'm gonna be very interested week one that might be the toughest pick on the on the slate for the uh, opening week. What I do like in their favor is James Bishop will demand that they give effort. Yes. He'll demand not only that they be physically tough, but they be mentally tough, and I think that's important. And I don't think that will be an issue at all. Um, again, just look at what happened the last two years, one and six to eight and three. A lot of those kids saw that. And you know if you're led by the Ellis's, they are – physically and and mentally tough because of what happened okay let's go to the final of the three down river rival the river rivals the marysville vikings a year ago dennis they finished kind of limping to the to the end uh they went three and six last year after a three and two start lost their final four games you actually did two of them this year they open up at home against Elmont, home against Hazel Park, at Southlake, and home against Lamphere. So a lot of home cooking early, but then 
Basically, once we get halfway through September, they're going to get used to uh, getting on the road at Marine City, at Clintondale, home against St. Clair, senior night, homecoming, basically every event that night at Warren Lincoln, and then a rivalry I was so happy to see came back at Port Huron. Dennis, what are your thoughts on the Marysville Vikings before we've even played a snap? Well, this this is interesting because this team was 3-2 and two last year when they were healthy. And, and, I, and I'll bring back St. Clair as an example. That 1-6 St. Clair team was a lot better than 1-6 when they got to play a season where they had all their horses on the field and playing. Can Marysville stay healthy? Because I think if they do, their defense is a lot better than a defense that gave up, what, 62 to Lamphere, 46 to Fitzgerald. I know those teams are good yeah, teams um, that score points. If they were healthy, I think they definitely win the Clintondale game and Lamphere maybe. Fitz was really good last year and St. Clair was clicking on all cylinders. I don't think those results change. They may look a little prettier, but I think those two are uh, – are ones that might flip in the Vikings' favor. Yeah, I just – because I think there's potential for this team defensively. Got a little few questions on their offense, but that's, again, because I didn't see the Sakuchis play that much last year. Um, it's going to be a big year for Noah LaValle at quarterback because I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be the guy. Um, but we know we love their size. Jeez, Kaza by himself takes up three guys, um, and, and he's still young. He's still growing, Brady. That's scary. Yeah, um, they had another freshman up, and for the life of me, I can't. I want to say it's like just Kaz, or I. This is so bad for me, but there's another freshman up, and I apologize to him because he played last year, and they're another. He's another lineman. They're really excited about, and it's going to come to me thirty minutes after we finish recording the show. But they're a team who, and maybe it's because I am a Marysville grad, and I. And if there's one team, if I got, I mean, if I got to pick a team to be really successful, I'd love it to be my alma mater. But I've their stock has risen a lot because I was impressed with them in the scrimmage. Um, I they have more size than I remember. The coaches kept telling us, and we talked to what three different coaches, completely independent of each other. And what did they all say about the defense? Fast. They have speed there this year, and. There's, again, a lot of... I'm a big Braden Turner yes, fan, you, and he's an anchor back They there. basically said their defense is the, the hockey team and the wrestling yes. team, which are two sports that you'd like to have yeah. your team from. Uh, they can't stop singing the praises of Tyler Simpson, who came out for football for the first time in like two or three years, and they're saying he's picked it up completely. Um, and that gives them more size. Right, but you mentioned it earlier. Noah LaValle, at least offensively, is going to be the linchpin, whether they take a big step forward or not. If he can, he doesn't have to take the top off the defense. He doesn't have to throw 50-yard bombs. But if they have to worry about a 25-yard post or him throwing an out across the field, if they can't stack the box, that adds a lot to the Viking offense. And that's going to be the biggest question mark. Dennis, I was at the three-way scrimmage with Lutheran, North, and Richmond. And I'll tell you what, their defense, they have to work on the tackling a little bit because they struggled. But if they can figure out the tackling, some of those teams would have been absolutely shut down because they were making the reads. They were getting to the spot, getting to the ball carrier. Now, again, it, was there, it seemed like everyone was breaking a tackle or two, but if they can 
learn to tackle, and that's one of the easier things to sure up throughout practice. Hey, Vikings might be one of those teams that I think they are – I'm leaning to maybe thinking they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be able to run the ball too, Brady. Tyler McKinney's back. Yes. Uh, ben LaValle, we've been told, is having a great camp And he's for been going offense and defensively. He had about a 60-yard run. I think it was against Richmond. He broke three tackles. I, I mean, you know this. You're a hockey guy, but you can tell when there's a hockey player running the ball because they have good balance. Yep. Ethan White last year had good balance. LaValle had good balance running. And – yeah, that's that's a piece they can move kind of all over. Hey, you, a Scoochie does go down. You didn't have a Ben LaValle last year to slide in. Yep. And McKinney, he was running angry by the end of that scrimmage. He's a big boy and a freight train coming through the hole. And, again, another hockey player, and, and even worse, he's a goalie. So he doesn't mind banging into things or running things over. This is a guy who lets people shoot pucks at him. And – Dennis, we, we kind of, without knowing it, when we were on our way or the day before Marysville's camp that we went to, we said, Marysville's never really had a big O-line. Like, they're usually quicker and they're more technical sound, but they don't have big guys. And then you see Kaza, who's 6'4", 275. You see the rest of their offensive line. That has size to them, and that's something they really haven't had before. Yeah, so uh, I'm more up on Marysville than I was, say, like a month ago. And we went out to a 7-7, seven and seven and it was the worst thing that we ever did hmm. um, because they were playing Crosslex, and Crosslex is just designed for 7-on-7 seven seven drills. Uh, and Espinosa lit them up, uh, and I thought going away from that one, like, Jesus, this all Marysville has. And they didn't even have all their yeah. guys there. And then when we went and, and actually uh, did the show at, at their camp, we learned so much more about them that uh, I'm, a, I'm much higher on Marysville than I was at the end of last football season and all offseason long. But here, just be, they've won me over here just before the start of the season, um, and, and I think they're going to be a lot better than 3-6. and six. Well, it's going to be funny because you get to find out on Thursday exactly where they stack up. Even this when, is a good test. Yeah, even when Almont's bad, they're still – Still a playoff team. They went what? They were four and five last year, I believe. But their four and five was uh, very misleading. Almont, uh, yeah, they lost to St. Mary's, um, Monroe St. Mary's, right? And then North Branch, Croslex, and Goodrich. So they loaded their non-conference, and then they lost to eventual state runner-up, Michigan Collegiate. So, yeah, Almont doesn't lose to bad teams. Um, they actually beat Armada a year ago. So even their down years, still pretty dang good. So they were 5-4, and four, went 1-1 one and one in the playoffs. And Almont always has fast backs. Mm -hmm. They run similar sets that Marysville do. So it'll be speed against speed uh, when Almont's offense is up against Marysville's defense. I think this is a fun game. Yeah, and the Vikings will have a good test. And it's funny, we can talk about this more maybe um, on Wednesday, but when you have those teams like Marine City and Marysville or St. Clair Marine City right now or in other sports that happens in basketball or hockey, sometimes when one side of the rivalry is on a winning streak, it is a mental barrier to get over. Whether it's talked about or it's not, heck, use it in the pros, Michigan, Ohio State. It was a mental barrier, and the Michigan hopes that they've gotten past it, but 
it's something that you just can't get over. Armada Almont last year, that's kind of what we they were nervous. Like, oh, my God, we have Almont. We can beat them. And then they faltered a little bit. But you flip over. Marysville doesn't really have this fascination with Almont like they do Marine City, and they're kind of cut from the same cloth. It's not you don't they don't look at Elmont and go, Oh wow, Elmont, they're they're the only team to win the BWAC twice in the last six years. They're unbelievable and yeah, so, well, and you don't really have a history against a team. Same with Armada and Marine City. Yeah. They're not gonna go in going, Oh, geez, these guys again. So that's a good test early. Marine City week five. Again, it's Marine City. Until they give us a reason not to, they're going to be the favorite. St. Clair, um, that should be a fun one because we'll know what they are by week seven. But Port Huron at Memorial Stadium, Dennis, you remember doing these games, and I think the oldest that anyone on the field will be that was alive when the last game was played was probably like two, yeah, three years old. So this is a it's rivalry a that needs to stay back, and I'm really glad it's finally back because that's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. It's very similar to the Crosstown Showdown. Stadium will be packed. Marysville will come, and they will bring the whole town with them, and it'll be a lot of fun. Marysville High School is actually closer to Memorial Stadium than Northern High School is to Memorial Stadium. Yeah, it's probably less streetlights, too. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a, this is going to be a fun game, and Dennis – if I had to, if I was a betting man, I'd say that that has big playoff implications for both teams, whether it's in or not, or home game or not. I bet you those two teams will need that game in Week Nine. Yeah, that, that will that will be a big game. But the Big Reds will have some big games along the way with some other people uh, too. So we might as well leave the silver and jump up to the blue. And starting in the Mac Blue, we'll start with the South Side, the Port Huron High Big Reds coming off a 2021 campaign where they finished 6-4, and four, lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Crosstown Showdown, Crosstown Showdown rematch with Port Huron Northern in an absolute slop fest. Dennis coming into this year, Port Huron High, they open at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor against Grand Rapids Catholic Central, go to East Point, then on September 9th, week three, they get their first home game against Warren Mott. They go to Frazier. Then the Crosstown Showdown in the middle of Mac Blue play. We'll talk about that. That's an interesting placement. At Lons Cruz North, hosting Sterling Heights, at Fitzgerald. And then, as we previously mentioned, Marysville comes to Memorial Stadium for the first time in nearly two decades. Dennis, we know the Big Reds are going to be a fun team to watch. We think they're going to score points. I think the question me and you both have is, can they keep the other team out of the end zone? Yeah, um, just interesting, and this is something that I just kind of was glancing at and just noticed. The Big Reds and the Huskies, well, their schedules almost mirror each other. Yeah. Only week one and week nine do they play non-common opponents? Yeah, because East Point's week two for Port here on high, week eight for Northern. Fitz is week two for Port here on Northern, and week eight for Port here on high. And yeah, week nine, they just trade, uh, go to different sides of the St. Clair Marysville rivalry. Yeah. The, the Big Reds kind of peaked early, I think, last year. They had a tough first half in week one where Stony Creek just took it to them. Uh, and ended up winning that game 48-17. to 17. But then they blew out Tower, 
They blew out Sterling Heights. They blew out Frazier. They blew out Lance Cruz. They blew out Lakeshore, and they eked out that 14-7 win in the first meeting with Northern. Then they had to play a really good Roseville team um, that beat them by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Then they went to Michigan Collegiate. We were a little annoyed when this game happened and we saw the score. And then later you saw Collegiate playing for a state championship. So we kind of understand now what happened there. And then the playoff game with Northern, those were extenuating circumstances. And I give the Huskies credit. They planned better for the weather. And the weather. Well, that the weather too, because it was too, weather it too. Was weather. But um, yeah, the the northern that's where Northern's defense really shined, and yeah, they even kind of a couple of players we talked to just said in that game they were tougher. They figured it out how to play and were tougher than than us. But Dennis, we went and saw them scrimmage Roseville, and as I mentioned earlier, Roseville's a really good team. Yeah. But PH would show signs, especially defensively flying around. But there were some plays where Roseville got out the gate. And it's, it, I don't think it's a fair measuring stick because Roseville would be my pick to win the white. And they are thinking, okay, how do we beat De La Salle and make a run at a state title? Yeah. Uh, Luckily, that's not on the schedule for either Port here on high team. So let's start at quarterback. Amari Holler is explosive. Amari Holler has put up some big performances in the past year. Now we're kind of ready for him, at least I know you are, Dennis, to kind of break out of that cocoon and become the star that not only we're talking about, but everyone in the MAC and everyone around the east side of the state's talking about yeah i have felt like from the beginning that amari has head turning talent like he is a a guy he's a dude uh and this is the year where i really want to see it you know come out i want to see 100 yard rushing games he can throw the ball too and he's and he got has weapons good too. receivers so i want to see the big reds chuck the ball a little bit uh this year and because i think amari can could be a guy that passes for two thousand yards and rushes for a thousand brady is that outrageous i don't think that's an out of this world goal i i think he can do it or at least hey how, how about like 1,500 and 1,500. I think that's doable. Especially with the way they run their offense. You mentioned their receivers. Nate Oriel, Connor Rosenau, Jaden Ashford are going to be three guys that are catching the ball and making plays. In the backfield, they do have to replace Gabe Mose, but Gavin Troy was a running back that made some plays. He had, what, a 92-yard run against Roseville a year ago, so you know he has home run capability. Dennis, I mean, we just mentioned all of them. They have some big guys on the offensive line too, but I don't think scoring points is going to be the issue for the Big Reds. Yeah, they will have to probably play some guys both ways. To help that defense. Well, you know, Ashford and Oriole are going to be receivers and corners, which, eh, I mean, yeah, you're playing them both ways, but those are two good guys yeah. to have both ways. That, that That's a solid secondary. I like uh, their linebackers. I, I, I'll assume that that's where Caden Rogers and where Allen are going to be. Yeah. Uh, I like those two players. They're probably not as big and beefy up front as they were the last couple of years when they had back-to-back eight-win seasons. But the Big Reds in the blue should be a, a force. I, I really just kind of looking at it, Brady, because we don't know what Mott 
is going to be like. We just know they, they've struggled they recently play, in they, the white. They play Fitz week one, so we'll find something out there. But, no, it's not going to be the same Mott that was going to war against the Chapmans. Yeah, no, and, and Frazier's decent, but I, 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 I think the – I think – this league title goes through the Crosstown Showdown game. And again, we look through it. The last five years, someone that resides at Memorial Stadium has at worst won a share. And the last four years, it has been outright either Northern or PH. So the Mac Blue is firmly going through Memorial Stadium. What's Frazier? What's Warren Mott? Lance Cruz North was 0-9 a year ago and just couldn't score I mean, they put up 45 points last year, and 23 of it came against Lance Cruz. Yeah. I know you had crossovers with Ike and Dakota, but Warren Mott wasn't anything special. Utica wasn't anything special, and they haven't won a game since 2019, Dennis. So, I'm, yeah, I'm a very bearish on Lance Cruz North, Sterling Heights, has not been good. They've won one game each of the last two years, and both of them were forfeits. So they also haven't won a game in three years. So you have two of the five opponents you play in league have not won a football game that's been played since 2019, since before COVID was a thing. And and I look at week one for the Big Reds. If the Big uh, – to me, this is a no-lose situation for PH. If they win this game, everybody in the state is going, what? Yeah. Who in the heck is playing at Memorial Stadium this year? That's that's a hell of a team. And if they lose the game, that's what everybody's expecting. Yeah, the only way they lose is I think if they get like throttled and it's like a 60, like a super running time game. I think the Big Reds will get their points. I just don't know how well they'll step Catholic Central. Again, I don't remember all who's back, but we'll talk about that more on Wednesday. But what do you think about having the Crosstown Showdown in the middle of the Big Reds and Huskies league schedule? Because the last two years, well, last year it was, what, the last or second-to-last league game, and the year before that it was actually fairly early on. But actually, no, it was the second-to-last uh, league game again, so it, for all intents and purposes, decided the league championship. Well, I mean, and, and I don't know this because I'm not in the room when they make these schedules, but what they've played each other in the playoffs like two out of the last four years, something like that. They played each other in twenty-one and nineteen. Yeah, they they might not want to play so close together. Yeah, they might I'm, have said Let, let's let's play a couple weeks earlier in the regular season just in case week ten is us again. And I know we harped on it a lot um, in both the. Uh, camp shows we did from Northern and from High, but this is really a golden era of the rivalry. Go show me a five-year stretch where every game was decided by essentially one score. Like, okay, 2018, uh, go to 2017, 21-7. Then go to 2018, 21-14. Go to 2019, 29-26. And then 27-21, they flip-flopped. They each won one of those games. 20-20, 20-7, and it should have been 14-7. to Yeah, because the last that, score was with no time left. And probably shouldn't have ever gotten the snap off because there, was, there wasn't any time left. But it was so chaotic that they let the snap go and, P, and yeah, PH scored. And then last year, 14-7 to and 13 nothing. 
Show me a stretch of seven games or whatever I just rattled off. At any point in the history of this rivalry, that was that close, you really can't. So it, it's, it's kind of awesome seeing both teams being good at the same time. And you've done how many Crosstown showdowns since, what, 96 was yeah. your first one? And how many of them did you go, all right, I hope the other team can make it a game? Well, yeah, for, for the first, you know, 15 to almost 20 years, you went into that game knowing which side was going to win. Yeah. And very rarely did you get an upset. You might get one when one team was on the rise and the other was on the decline and you'd get that weird game or one school would get the good class, but for a long time it was Northern and then for a long time it was PH and now both programs are battling it out. But, Dennis, what are your final thoughts on the Big Reds? Um, I think they have a good chance to make their fourth straight playoff. I just think it's a question of, and, well, again, this seems to be a theme. We'll find out a lot in week one if they are going to be really good or just you know contend for the MAC Blue. Because even if they lose to Catholic Central, but they give them a fight, that could turn heads. Yeah, I, I just think that this is, a, again, a lot of talent here. I think this is a fun football team. I'd like to see them kind of put it all together and make a little push uh, towards a postseason. I know that they can win the blue. I've seen them win the blue. I want to see them win in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's kind of the, I guess, the Marysville syndrome, I'll say, because who have they really lost to? Look, in 2019, when they didn't have to run into De La Salle, they made it to a regional final, and they lost to Seahome. Um, but it seems like it always is De La Salle, or now Roseville. Those are two opponents that where maybe Marine City, where they sit in D5, has the uh, luxury sometimes of if Frankenmuth goes north or west and Grand Rapids, Catholic Central's on the other side, you don't get that state power until the semifinals or finals where PH or Northern, who we're going to talk about right now, would have to face them in a district. So, I mean, the 2020 team was a really good team, Dennis, who had to play De La Salle, who they eventually won the state title, correct? Yeah. They had to play them in a district final. Yeah. Where if, if De La Salle somehow got pulled south or west, maybe that big red team plays in a semifinal because that was a really good team. But De La Salle, not only the best team in Division II, the best team maybe in the state of Michigan. And uh, speaking of Port Huron Northern, who I just mentioned, they are coming off a spectacular 8-3 and three campaign in 2021. They lost in the district finals to Roseville after getting revenge on Port Huron High in the pre-district game the Huskies Dennis you mentioned it earlier basically have a reverse schedule weeks two through eight of Port Huron High they open with Lakeshore at home that's a familiar opponent yep. in week one Fitzgerald at home in week two they go to Lons Cruz North back to Memorial to play Sterling Heights wow must or the Stallions got to make a couple trips up 94 <laughs> Crosstown showdown and then Frazier in week six notice they really they only have to go on the road one time in the first six weeks week seven they're at Warren Mott East Point at home and then they travel just down the road a bit to take on St. Clair a game we should have had last year but we'll get it this year and yeah that's the Husky schedule Dennis what are you thinking with Port here on Northern well very very quietly Larry Rollins has created a culture 
here. They've made the playoffs six times in a row in the last uh, five seasons that have been full seasons throughout the COVID year. Yeah. They've won at least eight games. They were nine and two, ten and two, eight and two, and eight and three in their last full seasons. They, they had the two and four year in 2020, which was a weird year for them because their first game got canceled. Then their re-first game got canceled, so everybody played a week before them, yeah. before they even played a game. It was it was a weird year, um, but th- this is uh, an interesting football team. We know that their defense has been elite. Um, you, you throw out the Romeo game, that's not fair, having that on the schedule last year. Um, and obviously, Roseville, they faced a healthy Roseville team in that playoff game with uh, Amari Snowden and that bunch. Who, by the way, is committed to Cincinnati for both baseball and football. Yeah, and a lot of people think he'll be a Major League Baseball player. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for thanks for coming. I think he had three or four touchdowns in that game. Yeah, so Roseville obviously is going to be a big hurdle. But, Dennis, we saw the scrimmage against Yale, and it was a limited time, but we'll be honest, Yale looked like the better team in that scrimmage. Northern, I don't know how much Northern really wanted to be at that scrimmage, if we're being honest. It and that happened good. to them last, the, yeah, the year that, before that, That's too. where I was going, is last year we kind of got the same report, is out at Yale, uh, Yale was excited for the scrimmage, they, they kind of took it to Northern a little bit, and we're going, ooh, the Huskies might not be able to rebound from the year, and then they came out just fine 35 nothing to marysville so i'm not gonna let that skew me too much i think we have to start with the best probably the best defensive player in the area i'd say most likely is luke fletcher he is a giant human being on the edge and he is going to cause problems in the backfield for any team that wants to try and uh block him in the mac blue yeah and and he plays vicious he likes to be physical um, and he's got that mean streak that you really like to have in a defender. Um, he will disrupt a lot of plays. There'll be a lot of TFLs and a lot of sacks for Fletcher, and that's with teams knowing he's there, knowing he's coming, and still not being able to stop him. Yeah, they want to continue that defense from a year ago. Luke Fletcher, Eastern Michigan commit. Uh, yeah, he's going to be the one that everyone circles, and he's big enough to take on a double team. You're going to have to have a hell of an offensive lineman to stop him. You're going to have to commit a tight end to maybe chip him, and they're going to move him around. If they need to move him inside to three-tech, they can do that. If they have to maybe pull him out and have him run a little linebacker, he's athletic enough to do that as well. So he's going to be the problem. Now, we'll stay on the defensive side, but the I guess the, the bigger question mark defensively for Port here on Northern might be their secondary because they're going to have some young bucks back there. Yeah, they're they're going to be young back there this season. But uh, again, can't remember who we were talking to, but one of the players said, "Oh, those guys are freaks." Like, so we know that the the kids at least think they've got some talented guys back there. It's just they're not experienced. And Larry Rollins has been around the block. He wouldn't bring up freshman sophomore to play cornerback to play DB unless he was very confident that they could step in and do that. Because, Dennis, besides maybe quarterback, cornerback would probably be the last spot I would want to have a a freshman at just in general. 
But and if he's trusting these young guys to step up and, and fill a role, I'll trust Larry because, again, what helps him? It comes back to this. Luke Fletcher and the rest of that defensive line, if they are attacking and if they are trying to uh, or if they're able to get the quarterback to get rid of the ball quickly and they don't have time to have long developing routes, that helps your DBs a ton. Yeah. If yeah. you know all you have to do is step in front of a hitch or a slant or an out, guess what? You don't, you're not worried about getting burned on a hitch and go or a wheel route or a or a double move or anything like that. Yeah, and that's the again the the Huskies front guys will have the quarterbacks running around this season, and that also should help out the, that young northern secondary. I'm just looking at at these numbers um, real real quick. They gave up 158 points last year. 95 of them were the losses to Roseville and Romeo. Yeah. They, so in, besides in the, those games, the most the, they gave up was 15. Yeah, the other eight games they played, they went 7-1 and one and gave up 63 points. They had three shutouts. They would have had four. The Cousineau game was a forfeit. If they played the Cousineau game, they shot Cousineau out. Or they give up a touchdown I don't, with the backups. They shot Cousineau. <laughs> Maybe even with the backups. Yeah, that, that – the, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to lose everyone listening, but that's a program that has a multitude of factors that has taken a once proud program and taken it about as low as you can go. Yeah, and and one of their three shutouts was a playoff game. Yeah, against a team they lost to earlier in the year. Yep. And you can say whether or whatnot, both teams played on the same field. Yep. Both teams did all that. Now, the question for Northern is, I just put in my notes, who the hell is going to carry the ball? Because you know Dylan Blank's going to be the quarterback, but the way Larry runs his offense, going to run it, hand it off. You know Hayden Prone might be one of those guys yeah. looking to step into a bigger role. I know me and you both like Kanye Cole on the outside, but who's going to be the go-to guy? I don't think I could name one right now. Or Dennis, it's third and goal from the four-yard line, and you're saying I have to get the ball in X's hands? Unless you have one that I don't, there's not one that I'm going to put with a bullet and say, yes, they're touching the ball on this play. Yeah, that that's a tough one for me. I, I think at least to start the season, it's Prone's job to lose. I would say he has the the inside track to take it, but again, he was, wasn't was like the guy last year, and I think he can take that yeah. step. Well, I mean, but, they had Steinhauer last year. By the goal line, Steinhauer would have gotten the ball. He was a bigger back, but... Prone is the other guy that they gave the ball to. He does have some explosiveness. Uh, and, again, the, the thing about the Huskies is is I don't know how or why, but they always have size on the line, offensive line and defensive line. They're usually pretty big, and as long as they're doing their job, whoever's back there, just be competent. Just yeah. be con- hang on to the ball and hit your holes. And I think that's going to be a big thing for Northern for Dylan Bloink. Yes, he can he can chuck the ball around, but with the way the defense is, and I think it's going to be more similar than different than last year defensively. Don't put them in bad spots. Hey, you're don't try to force a, a, a ball somewhere. Just throw it away. Take take a sack. Let your special teams come out, punt it, and give your defense more room behind them because. I think the defense is going to be the strong side of the ball for them again this year. And when that's the case, you got to keep them in good spots. Don't give turnovers. Don't give up special team scores. Um, 
at times, I think Bloink will he he'll have the opportunity to maybe go for the explosive play. They have some nice guys on the outside, but at other times he'll have to be a game manager and, and make sure that his team is in the right spot. Because Dennis, it was kind of frustrating at times last year. You're going, just get me 28 points and for the first few weeks they had an 8-6 win a 22-15 win that they had to come back from a 7-0 win Dennis if they get 24 points a game you're feeling really good about this Husky team but there were times it felt like pulling teeth to get that second touchdown yeah yeah that that was an issue for them last year but but again part of it is maybe coach Roland's scheme he really likes to run as few plays as possible because you make fewer mistakes. You eat up the clock. You give your defense more rest. I think part of the reason that Husky defense is so strong is that they don't have a lot of long stretches on the field because even if the offense is only going to run four, five, six plays, if they get one first down on a drive, your defense isn't going to touch the field for half a quarter. Which – is why I'm not asking them to get 42. I'm not asking them to do Marine what Marine City does and put up 49, 56 points a game, what PH might do in some games this year. But get me to 24. Get me, hey, have a lot more drives that end in points. I know last year they had a good field goal um, unit that actually helped them win some games. Have that again. How many drives can you get that end in points? Because, yes, I understand it's slower. You're not getting... 12, 15 possessions a game. You might only get 8 to 10. But can I ask for four drives, two at least two drives a game that end in touchdowns and four that end in points? Get you to 20. And with the defense you have, I think Northern can win a lot of games if they just get to 20 to 24 points. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, the closer to three touchdowns a game this team averages, the more games they're going to win. And isn't it fun to have Port here on Northern St. Clair in Week 9? Yes, it is. Uh, I, I love all the rivalry games. Last year we had Northern Marysville in Week 1. Uh, I'd like to make that a regular thing. Uh, I, 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 the Vikings, Can we go back the to the Vikings 90s schedule? The Vikings probably don't want to play both PH schools uh, every year. With but, the playoff point format, <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, th th those are the, the days that I long for, but I'm an old fuddy McDuddy. But yeah, I, I think a I, lot of. I mean, I'd come love on, to see that just week one and week nine, they're always open. You don't have to go find anyone. Hey, you get northern and high. Boom, perfect. Nobody's traveling very far, no matter no. where the game's at. And it's better than getting uh, Marysville Hazel Park. Absolutely. Even though the Battle of the Vikings is a long and storied rivalry. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so usually this is where we'd end, but because of how we have it set up, we are going to go back down to Marine City and talk about the Cardinal Mooney Cardinals coming off a 7-3 and three season last year. Dennis, their first seven-win campaign since 2005. I was nine years old for that season. They lost in a heartbreaker to Lutheran Northwest in the postseason. This year, 
Cardinal Mooney is hoping to kind of take that next step, slay some of the demons. The uh, Cardinal Mooney Cardinals, their schedule opens up neutral site game against Parkway Christian at Roseville. Then Michigan Lutheran Seminary at home. They go to Liggett. They go to Shrine in a big one. Uh, Waterford Our Lady of the Lakes comes to East China Stadium. Next week, Everest comes on Senior Day. And then three road games to finish out the slate at Cabrini at Whitmore Lake and at Lutheran Northwest to finish out that season. I know me and you are both very excited about Cardinal Mooney. Heard Trent Rice not be playing football this year. That will hurt them, but I still think they have a pretty damn good football team. Yeah, they bring back almost everybody um, from last year's team that won seven games. There'll be a switch at quarterback with Everhart there. Um, because Toronto graduated, but Everhart was slated to be the quarterback last year, and Toronto decided to go out for football and kind of surprised everybody and won that uh, job. But Everhart will be the quarterback. Hazen later in the backfield. I think he rushed for 1,100, 1,400 yards, whatever it was last year. He's an absolute beast. I think the more he gets the ball, the better uh, he is. They still have some threats with uh, Tremblay at wide receiver, and they've got a couple of other guys. Um, Obviously, Trent Rice is an exceptional talent. I really wish you were playing football, but I understand he's a, a baseball guy. Yeah. And he's got a different uh, commitment there. Uh, but the big thing for Mooney, and I know they're very excited, and they want to win a league title, but they've got two big bugaboos. You were talking about it early, um, earlier with, with that, that mental roadblock, that Michigan-Ohio State thing. They've got Shrine who they are 1-16 and against all time. They thought they were going to finally beat Shrine last year, and it didn't happen. And Everest is the other one. They're 0-7 all time against Clarkston uh, Everest, um, and that was their one glaring big blowout loss last year was the game at Everest, and the practice after that one was not a pretty one. Uh, Coach Cannell was not happy with the way his team showed out uh, in in that game because he didn't think Everest was forty two points better than his football no. team. No, by the way, the, that last the one Shrine win came, I believe, in their first ever meeting in nineteen ninety two, and I believe Mike McAndrews was on that team. So that tells you how long ago it was. And they've lost 16 straight then. And you mentioned um, against Everest. Everest is, a, I guess, a somewhat newer uh, team. But they are all-time against Everest 0-7. So two teams they are combined 1-23 against that they are looking to finally get that monkey off their back, trying to finally you know, go for that league title. Their goal is to be playing at Ford Field in week nine for a, in the, what, the prep bowl? The prep or what, bowl, yep. Yeah. I think they have the ability to do it, even without a Trent Rice, but I Mooney's going to be one of the more fun teams to watch, Dennis, because you saw them a lot last year. And you can tell me if I'm over, if I'm uh, hyperbolizing this, Cardinal Mooney has players that could go to Port Huron, to Marine City, to Armada, to Richmond, to Crosslex, that would find the field and play a lot. Yeah, and, and help those teams. 
Brendan Hazen later could go to any school and he would get a lot of touches. He might not be the lone feature back, but I guarantee you, you put him next to Zach Tetler, he's going to get a fair share of his own carries. Oh, yeah. I'm telling telling you right now, he'd uh, be a big piece to anybody's puzzle. I'd love to line him up back there next to Amari Holler. Yeah, you're saying, oh, all right, they lost Gabe Mose, but Brendan Hazen later is coming. Yeah. So he is a big piece. Who... Love to give that to Dylan Blank in the Husky backfield. Right. So they have pieces, legitimate pieces. Dennis, this could be a year where Mooney really explodes. Last year was the, hey, we can be good at football year. Now this is the we're, we're winning titles. We're getting hardware year. I believe uh, one of the the words is they're they're saying that you can. They're telling the senior class right now you can be the definitive senior class at Mooney, and especially if you get it done in football. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, it, it's interesting they've added uh, Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary to their schedule in week two. Uh, generally a very difficult uh, team. So they're obviously going, we need a measuring stick game early in the season to see where we're at. Um, Lutheran Northwest is back on the the schedule. That's a team that they whipped in the regular season. They actually hope they never have to play that game. Yeah. Because if they they go to the prep bowl, that game gets canceled. Yeah, but that's a team that they whipped in the regular season and then somehow, somehow winning the whole game Lost on the last play two in the playoffs. Yep. So the, the, they they have a, a fun schedule. Obviously, Shrine and Everest are two games that are circled on there. Uh, they took it to Liggett last year. They took it to Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes. They took it to Allen Park, Cabrini. Um, they took it to Whitmore Lake. I saw that game, that game at East China Stadium. Um, and they got Whitmore Lake back on the uh, the schedule as well. They play Parkway every that that's like their big rivalry in mm-hmm. all sports. Even though they're very seldom in the same league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but jeez, uh, Mooney, I'm excited about. I was it, it put a little damper on it when I found out Trent Rice wasn't playing because he could have been maybe he could have put up ridiculous numbers. Uh, I but, think he would have put up ridiculous numbers, um, and he would have played offense defense, and special teams. Right. Uh, I watched him uh, in the same game last year. He had like a 90-yard touchdown catch and a 90-yard kickoff return for a score. Yeah. But what I really like is Joe Cannell. Usually when you get the old school coaches, the ones that have been around for 30-some years, you get them going, we won this way in 1987, we won this way in 2002, and we're going to win this way in 2022. (laughs) And that's not him. He will adjust and put his kids in the best position to succeed. He will listen to those around him, and they will, I think, have a good game plan every week and be as well-prepared as they can be. And another thing, they have numbers out. They have, what, 30? They were in the 30s for kids out for football, which Mooney's a D8 school. When you consider their enrollment this year is 168, you get just under a quarter of your population out, which basically half of the boys in the school are coming out for football. That helps out a ton, knowing that you have depth, because you'll go to some of the Mooney's games, and you will see the other side having 17 kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd lick it last year. 
Uh, you'd think a school down in Gross Point would have some players. Uh, they walked in there with under 20. Yeah, and that's such a big advantage that, hey, okay, maybe someone's – maybe Trombley's playing both ways and you want to give them a little bit of a break – you can. Or, ooh, I got a cramp, I have to come off, and you're not putting in a freshman water boy to fill the spot. You actually have a guy to come in to fill. And in D8, that makes a big difference. It yeah. makes a huge difference. Absolutely. So, yeah, very excited about uh, Cardinal Money, and it's probably been almost never since the last time we said that. Yeah, I mean, last year, I don't even remember what we said about them before i know Folsom uh when we brought him on last year was like yeah i think they'll be a good like they'll be better i don't think anyone thought they were going to be like this and we get to see them a lot dennis i believe you're doing every home game for them well we get so. the, i know their first four home games we're doing yeah so i think then they're on the four, road a little yeah, bit they only have the four home games so they really only have three but their four games on saturday slated to be at home i'm excited for Cardinal Mooney, I think they could be a sneaky team, Dennis. I Okay, I don't want to put pressure on them, and I don't want to have hot take. But would you be flabbergasted, shocked, unbelievable, if on October 23rd the selection show comes around and it says Cardinal Mooney 9-0? Uh, actually, I, I think that would be a big step. Can they do it? Yeah. But I'm I saying think it would like, be a big step. I'm looking for them to at least split the Shrine Everest thing. If they're 8-1, and one, I think that's very a very legitimate goal for them. But when was the last time that you said Cardinal Moon, he's going 9-0 and oh and didn't get laughed out the building? Yeah, well, you get laughed out every year saying that they'll win 8, saying that they'd win 7. You'd have gotten laughed at. Isn't it kind of funny if they win, if they go seven and two, you almost feel a little disappointed knowing that they didn't quite get the big one. And that's where this program is at right now, that they are hoping to take that next step, play in the prep bowl and, and make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm looking for them. Be competitive in those big games. I want you to win them, obviously, but don't get blown out 45 to three. When you play Everest this year. Well, Shrine is on the road, but you'll get to see him play Everest. I might have to force my way down for that game. <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Not going to let you in. You're bad luck. <laughs> well, I wasn't there for the playoff game last year. You were anyway, listening, though. I know you were. I, yes, I was. Anyway, <laughs> um, we've already gone about an hour, if not more, and we have a lot more to get to. Eight BWAC teams will go around the Blue Water Area Conference. Dennis, there's some teams trending up. There's some teams we have questions about. And then there's Cross Lex. So we'll get to all that. Anything else? Uh, we'll do the, the BWAC next. And uh, let's just take a, a quick break here. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. 
contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Magic King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComp, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Is your golf cart boring and ugly? Sounds like you need to take it into the experts at Independent Custom Carts in Yale. Corey and the boys at Independent Custom Carts can give it a bigger engine. Bigger. Lift it to go into the woods. Lift it. Or even trick it out with new lights or a slick coat of brand new paint. New paint. Independent Custom Carts will give you enough power to leave all those other golf carts in your dust. The pros at Independent Custom Carts will blow your mind and customize your cart like you wouldn't believe i can't believe it if you want to stand out in the neighborhood you don't just need a golf cart you need the golf cart give independent custom carts a call today at 810-984-2278 or look for them on facebook to see pictures of their work stop into the showroom to see all the custom carts in yale across from the a and w open monday through saturday close sunday 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 independent custom carts is southeast michigan's golf cart super store. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. 
As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, let's uh, go through the gauntlet that is the Blue Water Area Conference, uh, and we'll start in the BWAC at Richmond, uh, a team, uh, Brady, that, again, got a lot of questions about. You you got to at least see them in a, uh, a scrimmage, so I, I think you might have a, a little bit better handle on Richmond than I do. Yeah, Richmond coming off a 4-6 and six season where they did make the playoffs. They were one of the benefactors of the new format. They lost to Armada in the pre-district game 21 to nothing this year. The Richmond Blue Devils open with the game we talked about earlier against St. Clair at home, then at home against Crosslex, go on the road for a bit at the Swamp at Algonac, at Yale Emily City at home, at North Branch, at Almont, home against Armada, talk about a gauntlet to end the BWAC season. And then week nine, they go to Clintondale. And yeah, you mentioned I saw them in a scrimmage against Marysville, and it, it's hard to tell because scrimmages are the same five plays, the same defense or two. They might, if they want to be really exotic, they might throw a blitz in there or a twist or something like that. But I think it's going to rest on the on the shoulders of Anthony Benetti, their sophomore quarterback who they threw into the fire halfway through last year. Can he be a mature signal caller as a sophomore? Can he protect the ball? And can he make some plays happen? He has Trey Graham on the outside. He had a really nice play in the scrimmage. Those are going to be two young guys that are going to have to carry a load. And obviously in the backfield, you bring back Jackson Jones. That's a nice running back to have for yeah. Richmond. Yeah, so I, I like those pieces. I like those three names that you just mentioned. I love their kicker. Matty Yunus is just stupid good. And even if he ends up going to play for, like, Team Earth um, in soccer, <laughs> in soccer their yeah. backup kicker is just a half step behind him. Uh, Coach Misko was telling me they, were, they both hit 50-plus yarders in live reps in practice. Yeah, so I mean that that's kind of ridiculous. But this is how little I know about the Blue Devils and and how much I can guess about. I'm looking at their schedule, and I Brady, I see anywhere from as few as three wins to as many as six. Yeah, and even then, I think the six might be leaving them a little short because could I see them 
ending up contending for a BWAC title. That one might be a stretch, but could they be in the thick of the top tier teams potentially? Um, I think it's gonna a lot's gonna be found out in the first two weeks. Last year they played not the strongest part of their schedule early. They started off three and zero, and then they went one and six in their last seven games. Their only win against Yale, but in those losses. A game against North Branch where if they start from the fourth quarter ten times, Richmond wins nine of them. They just couldn't hold on to a lead. And an Elmont game where they were scoring, but they couldn't get the stops. They, the lights went out in the middle of the game. It was a weird kind of performance. And we saw the Parma Western game. That wasn't. I didn't think they played horrible. They no, had, like, they, there was two a two or three big plays hurt them. Yeah, they, uh, Parma Western had a really good wide receiver that made a few nice plays that ended up hurting them. And Parma Western, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but lost in a regional final. Yeah, they lost in a regional final last year. So that's a good team to lose to. That's why they made the playoffs um, uh, last year because look at who their losses were. Armada, playoff team. Croslex, playoff team. North Branch, playoff team. Elmont, playoff team. Parma Western, playoff team. Armada, in the playoffs. So they lost. They didn't lose to any bad teams. They just couldn't. They were in that middle ground of beating the teams they should and losing the teams they they shouldn't. Um, but again, can they take that step, or is it just going to be another repeat of 21 where they're right in the middle of the BWAC? Now, they've got some people to replace, too. I mean, Hudson Davenport, Hitzelberger was their top receiver last year. Saligan was the speed back. Um, so they have some holes to, to fill to what I mean again you saw them in a scrimmage what did you think about that and I know it's not a lot to go on I thought that they could use a little more polish but again it's a scrimmage so I'm not going to put a lot of weight in it because if I was putting a lot of weight in it I'd be picking Northern to win like three games this year and I know they're going to win more than that Uh, I think that Richmond will have to figure it out quickly um, it's kind of funny. You have two sophomore quarterbacks going against each other in week one. So you're going to have two teams trying to find their identity. But by week two, you better know what you are because the Pioneers are coming to town. And that was a game, Dennis, that Benetti was given baptism by fire. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was fire, all right? 56 to nothing. You get them at home. That's a chance to show that you are an improved team early. Yeah. And that that wasn't on Benetti. I, th- I think Jake Townsend had like 370 yards passing in the first half of that game. Yeah. He, like, that, no joke. That was a blitzkrieg to the full extent. Um, yeah, Richmond's going to have to figure out what their identity is. Does it help that there's not really a QB, I don't want to say controversy, but you know who your QB is and you know who it's going to be through and through? I think that helps a little. Well, I think it helps Benetti a little that he basically played the second half of the season last year, Uh, whereas for their first opponent, St. Clair, you got a guy who didn't. Right. You're getting two guys that are both sophomores, but Benetti has, what, seven games under his belt? Yeah. Which you don't necessarily – or six games under his belt, which you don't always get with a starting quarterback. And one of them's a playoff game. Yeah. And against 
really good opponents. You know the BWAC's going to be a gauntlet, and he's already seen it. Um, we've had coaches from outside the BWAC praise him. Let's talk about his speed. We know he's got the physical gifts. Can he put it all together? And defensively, I believe Blake Esseling's back. He's a good defensive end. They have to find a way to keep that scoreboard low because you look at the losses, 39 points to Almont, 31 points to Parma Western, 34 to Armada, 56 to Cross Lex. Then when the defense let them down, that's when they really struggled. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting year for Richmond. They could be really good or they could struggle. Yeah, that's going to be a, a team, though. Um, last year we said by like week four or five, we're like, we still don't know answers with these teams think by week three we'll know where the blue devils shake out let's go to their rival the armada tigers the surprise team from a year ago coach kyle rowley out there has it kind of kind of has a little bit of buzz going in armada something we haven't had with tiger football in a long time coming off a seven in four campaign which they lost a district final and i believe they were like minus four in turnovers and they still only lost 20 to eight to a really talented corona team their schedule this year they open at Marine City. Going to find out real quick if the Tigers are up to snuff this year. Host Yale at Croslex at MLA City. Hosting Almont. Hosting Algonac. Hosting North Branch. Go to rival Richmond. I believe they play for the Jug. And then hosting Flint Kersley in Week 9. Dennis Armado was kind of the darling last year. The honeymoon phase is off. Now it's like, okay, we're expecting it. You're not going to catch anyone by surprise. What do you think about the Tigers in 2022? I still think they're going to be a good football team. I know they they lose a lot. Will they get to seven wins again? Eh, that that might be a little harder to do, but I, I think that this is a playoff team. I think this is a team that can win five to seven games again, um, and, and I don't think there's going to be a huge spill-off for this football team. Conan is a beast. They're still going to be big enough up front. Bring back, I believe, three of the five starting offensive linemen from a year ago. They they, they play a pretty good defensive scheme. They're they're quick to the ball. I know Mahaffey will be tough to to replace. Mahaffey's, oh yeah, yeah. He's um, gone. But but they they have I I think still a solid nucleus. Fodale will be a bigger focus this year than than I think he even was last year, and and he was a pretty big piece of their team last year, but. Yeah, he might be even more involved, especially on the offensive side, and I think that's a good thing because I think he's an explosive player that we didn't see the full package from last year. Yeah, and you're going to have to break in a new QB, but it it's not like a new QB in a system like Croslex runs. Conan's going to be the feature. I think Kyle Rowley someplace might hold up a whiteboard that says, Conan in the B-gap, stop it. <laughs> That's Dennis, you watched them play Claus and you just went down to watch that game in week one. Oh, they just bullied them. They and it was domination. They they made no bones about it. Same thing in the Richmond game, right? Yep. They they just they just bullied them. They just said, This is what we do and try to stop us. And certain teams couldn't last year, you know. Now the um, question is how do they counterpunch when a team can? When Cross Lex was able bigger up front to control the line of scrimmage and not let them 
get get ahead of the chains, make them play from behind. But Armada, oh boy, we'll know real quick if if it was a one one hit wonder or if they're here to stay at Marine City in Week One at Croslex Week Three. They could be a very good team. They could be a playoff team that wins a playoff game, and they could be one and two after three weeks. Well, I mean that that's a possibility. But even at one and two after two weeks, I still like this football team, um, and, and I still think they're a dangerous team. They're a team that uh, other teams in the BWAC might be better than, but that doesn't necessarily mean those teams are going to win those games. Second straight year, we've kind of had the. Uh, rematch of the BWAC championship happened in week two. Last year, we had North Branch Croslex, and this year, Croslex was trying to dethrone North Branch, and Armada in Croslex this year, or in week three, excuse me, and Armada's trying to dethrone Croslex. Dennis, you did. You went back and looked. The last six years of the BWAC, five different five teams. Five different teams have won the, the title. Only Elmont has won it more than once. And if Armada wins it, that would be six teams in seven years to tell you just how diverse this league is. Armada plays that smash mouth brand of football. It requires you to have a good defense because if you fall behind 10 points, you might as well be 21 points to a Yeah, team. It's, it's not a good comeback kind of offense. Um, but uh, last year, they worked it out to uh, what? They started 6-0, and I think. And they worked it out to or five and one six and zero. Oh, yeah, the, before they, they lost to Almont, they, they they worked it out to where they had a lot of leads last year. And then once they get the lead, forget about it because they just grind the clock. Absolutely, the big one was against North Branch that really kind of made me and you both go, okay, maybe this isn't the typical or made a three and zero oh start, and then they fall off. Mm-hmm. They they showed what they were. And I don't want to get too much into the game with Marine City because I think we both have a lot of thoughts on that and we need to have something to talk about on Wednesday. But I kind of think Armada has a decent matchup, at least in terms of they're bringing back a lot of size and their first opponent is going to be a green or raw Marine City defense, not one with a lot of polish yet, unlike last year. Do you say that's a fair statement? That's a fair statement, but I would also say it's a defense that doesn't really have to worry about a pass game in week one. They can focus on stopping the run. And that's going to be a big thing for Armada. They don't have to throw 50-yard bombs like I was talking about about with uh, Lavalley at Marysville, but can they at least get the defense to respect a medium pass, a West Coast-style passing game where slant, out, just enough to where the safeties and the corners can't just stare at the run and go, okay, Conan's getting the ball. I'm going to go tackle him. Just enough to make them think for a second that if I go and I leave my guy or if I don't respect the pass, they'll get a first down, they'll burn it. Because I think that's what could take Armada from a playoff team to possibly a competing for a BWAC title and a district title team. Yeah, and, and I, I also, for Armada, I look at this game the same way I look at the PH Grand Rapids uh, Catholic Central game. If Armada wins, people are going to take notice. If they don't, it really doesn't hurt them that much. Yeah, I if Armada wins, it would, it'll would it kind of be reminiscent of not completely the same, but when Algonac beat Marine City 
and everyone kind of was like, what the hell just happened yep. here? And then it signaled the start of a of a historic outrun for Algonac. Armada at least already has one year under the belt. But, yeah, this would be a game for Kyle Rowley and the Armada Tigers to announce to the entire BWAC and the entire Blue Water area that they're, they're climbing for that mountain too. We're, we're not just going to be around for one year. Hey, a uh, quick note while I'm editing this show. Just want to let everyone know that uh, after we recorded this show, Algonac announced that they will not have a varsity football team in 2022. Really unfortunate to hear about. Really unfortunate to see as a community that loves its high school, but no Algonac Muskrat football in 2022. So when I'm talking about other team schedules and when you're going to hear in a minute talk about the Algonac team, I left it in not very long. Just wanted to see where we were at. But we recorded this handful of hours before the news came down. So no Algonac. The other BWAC teams are either looking for a non-conference game that week or we'll have a bye. It's going to be tough for a lot of those teams because a lot of teams have their conference schedule, so there's not going to be a lot of options. So a lot of BWAC teams may have a bye this year, but just wanted to leave this note in. No Algonac Muskrat football, varsity-wise at least, in 2022. All right, back to the preview. All right, um, Algonac... uh this this will be brief, Brady, because yeah, let's... there's still a couple years out. Uh, we've heard that they've got talent coming, but this year they're struggling for numbers. Uh, we're just hoping that they play a full season. Algonac last year, 2-7. and seven, They won their opener against Warren Lincoln, uh, and that was it. This year, the Muskrats uh, have on their non-conference slate, they have open at home against Vassar, at Almont, Richmond, and Croslex at home in back-to-back weeks. Then a three-game road trip at North Branch, at Armada, at Yale, home to Emily City, and then they go to Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes, in week nine. Yeah, it's, it's sad to see Algonac football this way. Um, and the numbers have, from what I've heard, have been getting smaller, not bigger, since camp started. Yeah, uh, it's they have a new coach that got in kind of late, uh, so he hasn't been able to build what he wants to build and create those relationships. Yeah, it's it's an uphill battle for Algonac because it's a community that loves their muskrats. You see it in softball. You see it in baseball. They come out and they support. And and when that community is galvanized, hey, it is great. They they threw a parade for the baseball and softball team this year. They just can't get it back with football like they had from 15 to 17 when they had that run. They they weren't able to really capitalize off the momentum. It was just a good couple of classes that really made it. Yeah, I... I'm honestly, Dennis, I'm hoping they play nine games. Yeah, that's really, I want everybody to stay healthy and, and let's get a full schedule in there because, too, it affects the other seven teams in the BWAC if Algonac can't finish. Right. Because then they've got to determine do we just take the, the win and have a week off? at some point during our schedule, or do we go out and find another game? And especially middle of the season, it's almost impossible to find a game. And, Dennis, you know that even just having a bad team, having it, but you field a team for nine games, 
is a lot better than having the kind of I, I guess stigma is the right word of having a team that doesn't finish. Yeah, and having a program that is not able to play games. I guess the closest comparison, and you talk to people down at Mooney, was the move to eight man kind of. The interest went down, and I know, and we, we love eight man. I've thrown the throw the um the uh, olive branch out to do games, but it was hard for them when they came back to get the program going again, and it's yeah. taken them five six years to do so. But just get through the season. I, I want to be talking about an Algonac team that might surprise someone because they have athletes in that school. They have the potential to. Win the BWAC, I don't think so. Be competitive and win multiple BWAC games and be a team that not everyone necessarily wants to play, and especially in the Swamp. Because, Dennis, you did some games down in the Swamp on that three-year stretch. That was not an easy place to go and play. No, that that's not a fun place to, to go and play. The visiting side, which is actually the side that I broadcast on because they got a nice little platform back there but that's about the best thing i'll say about the place um it it's kind of it's dark there there literally is a swamp behind the visiting stands mm-hmm. you got to deal with mosquitoes until at least the really cold weather gets there uh it, it early in the season it's sticky and humid it's just not a fun place to be no it's not and i hope that algonac can use this year to kind of start building and yeah again i hope in 10 weeks' time, we're talking about an Algonac team that played its entire schedule because it's better for the BWAC and it's better for the area when Algonac is and, a And it's better for team. them. Yes. it's. I hope Coach Matska can galvanize and start to, to build up a little momentum for them. All right. We will go to the final A team in the BWAC, the Almont Raiders. Dennis, they had one of the more interesting 2021s. We talked about it a little earlier. They lose the opener to Monroe St. Mary, who is always a good program. They then uh, they would go on to finish 6-5 and five on the year. Their other non-conference game was against Goodrich. They lost in the D6 district finals to Michigan Collegiate, which, again, at the time we kind of went, Almont can maybe win this game. And then we found out Collegiate was really, really good. Yeah. Six and five a year ago. This year, Almont opens at Marysville, Algonac at home, at Emily City, North Branch at home, game that went to overtime a year ago, at Armada, at Croslex, Richmond at home, Yale at home, and at Goodrich. Good golly, Miss Molly, that last two-thirds of the schedule, you don't have a week off. No, you know what? And, and the game that – took them from having a good season to an outstanding season is that North Branch game because that's one that they lost in overtime 20-14 to 14, that they had a chance to win that football game. And if they win that football game, and we're talking about a 7-4 and four Elmont team instead of a 6-5 and five Elmont team, that just that one game makes a, a big difference in how, how you look at things. It's been a weird last couple of seasons for them, like the the COVID season was was uh, again for Elmont. It was just a stupid season. Yeah, because they played two games, took two weeks off, played two games, won a playoff game, and then they had to play Frankenmuth. Yeah, and they played fairly well with them. It was, was twenty eight nothing. Them and North Branch they lost to that year twenty eight nothing. Those were two really good teams. But basically, from twenty ten up until the COVID year, 
there there was no team in the BWAC that was more consistent at winning games than the Elmont Raiders. This is a storied program. They do things pretty much the, the same way year in and year out. They always have speed. They're usually undersized and yet are able to play through that because they're so quick. They fly to the ball on defense. They're hard to stop offensively. Um, the, 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 this is uh, usually a fun football team to watch. I don't know a ton about what they have this year, but I'm going to see them in week one against Marysville, and I'm really looking forward to putting eyeballs on Elmont. I saw them once last year. It was at Algonac, but I learned a lot about them in that game. Um, and that's when I, I found out about kids like Smith and Measle in the backfield who just ran wild. Yeah. Uh, I think Almont this year, we put them kind of on a pedestal because they do have that little bit of a, a prestige and aura. But the last two years, they are 9-8, and eight, Dennis. It's kind of a year to say, okay, we know you can be good. We know you have the talent. Um, you've lost some really close games and against some really good opponents. I'm not going to punish them too much last year for scheduling Monroe, St. Mary, and Goodrich because those are two very talented teams. But let's see a big season out of you. I'm not saying you have to go win a BWAC title, but, hey, maybe beat a North Branch. Beat Armada again. Give Croslex a little more, bit more of a fight than you did last year. It was a 41-7 loss. And week one, I think you'll know how good Almont is because, yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, I'm high on Marysville. If they go into Marysville and it's bing, bang, boom, 42-6, game over, they scored on six of eight drives and Almont looked like Almont, then you're going, okay. They're a BWAC title contender. Marysville maybe keeps it closer, even upsets the Raiders. Then you're going, all right, what's, is Marysville just really good or is Almont down and are they going to struggle in BWAC play? Well, we'll find out. I will say this. The, yeah, the last two years they're 9-8, and eight, but they've won two playoff games. Yes. And that, that's saying something. That is true. They still managed to win a couple of playoff games. The early part of their schedule in the BWAC, Algonac and Emily City, two programs that are trying to build up right now. But after September 9th, they are going to need to get the ice baths, ice baths ready in Almont. North Branch is going to be a game that is a war, is a battle, is a knockdown, drag out, whatever cliche you want to lose. They're, both teams are going to be sore after that game. Yeah, and they don't like each other. There's history there. They don't like each other. Yeah, Coach Furman was yeah. at Almont. He's at North Branch now. And then you have to get back and go the next week and play Armada. And what have we said about Armada? They are as physical as any team in the BWAC. They live for it. That, that It's what gets their blood moving. And then what's your reward after those two games? Cross Lex. So you could be beaten up, and you need to be as healthy as you can for Cross Lex. So Almont... If they go and do a little lull in the middle of the season, it wouldn't shock me to see maybe an Almont team that goes 6-3 and three, and two of the three losses are in that three-game stretch, and then maybe they're playing for a regional title in the playoffs. Because they're D6, and there's no road stops in D6, at least around here, that 
like PH has De La Salle. I don't yeah. think there's a De La Salle or a King for them to have to get through. Well, well, well it's it's interesting because they do kind of run that gauntlet. Okay, the first three weeks at Marysville, Algonac, and at Emily City, they could be three and zero. Again, if Marysville doesn't take that step forward, they could yeah. be easily three and zero. But then you hit North Branch at Armada, at Croslex, Richmond, and Yale to close out your your league uh, schedule. And Armada and Croslex are road games in that stretch. That's a tough stretch. Yeah, as, as you just kind of went through, and then they close out with a game at Goodrich. They may or may not need that that win, but that's still a tough. Like, there's not one game in the final six that I feel confident uh, writing right now for Almont as a tattoo W. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's the well. We'll see. We may feel differently about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, or we may feel differently about it the other way too against almont so yeah we'll have we actually think we have three almont games on the on the dock at marysville uh the north branch game and the cross lex game those will we'll get to see a lot of the raiders last year and i don't think we've done an almont football game yet have we uh not on the air no so going to the other end of the alphabet in the BWAC, the yale bulldogs they are coming off a two and seven season dennis but I'm feeling good about them. This year, they host Annapolis. Then they go to Armada and North Branch, host Richmond, host Croslex. So they start off with the gauntlet. At MLA City, hosting Algonac. At Almont, hosting Lutheran North. Dennis, I'll go first with this one. I'm kind of buying Bulldog stock right now. And when I say that, no, I don't think they will be playing in a BWAC championship game at the end of the season or be scoreboard watching. But do I think the Bulldogs could be playing around Halloween and playing a playoff game? I think they have what it takes to make the playoffs for the first time in a full season since 2018. I I think they have four must-win games. They must win the Annapolis game. They must win the Imlay City game. They must win the Algonac game. And they must win the Lutheran North game. And I think they can win all four of those. And if you get those four wins, then really you you got Armada, North Branch, Richmond. I don't think they're ready to challenge Crosslex yet. Um, and Elmont. Win one of those games and you have a winning season and you're probably in the playoffs. And we talked about the Elmont game. That could be at the end of a just brutal stretch for the Raiders uh they're going to have to survive early but one thing I really like about them Dennis they have 40 plus kids on that varsity roster that's one of the top in the area and that's including PH and Northern that's a lot of depth and what was the other thing you noticed we were both at the scrimmage against Northern forget what happened on the field they had an excitement about them didn't they 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 had this was packed it's a scrimmage game not even the fans, the kids. You could hear them yelling, getting excited. It was a scrimmage, but they wanted to be there. And I know that's kind of cliche and corny, but when a program has won four games in three seasons, to get them to have that excitement, to have them wanting to be there, to be excited for Bulldog football, yeah, I'm telling, I'm planting my flag right now. There is going to be a Friday night, 
where we come back here and we go, holy crap, Yale beat T-Max. One of the teams that most people right now are saying they shouldn't. They have a third-year starting quarterback. Dennis, you know that helps a lot. They have some defenders that just fly to the ball. That was one thing you can see on a scrimmage that you'd see in a game. They, they flowed pretty well, and they were attacking the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. This didn't bother you as much. Um, I was a little bit worried about their size, but I, yeah. um, they, they played really well against Northern, who does have size. Um, and I, I do like Jakubiak, the quarterback, a lot. I do too, and Coach Grunman's had a full offseason with his system. He's getting more buy-in in the weight room. I just, I don't know. Some, maybe part of it's my gut, but everything I've seen with Yale has shown me an improvement. Again, no, I don't think they're ready to compete with Croslex. Croslex is the class of the BWAC. They're going to be for until someone knocks them off. Um, but do I think Yale could win more than they lose this year? Yeah, I, I really do. Could we see Yale at Marine City in the first round of the playoffs? I think that's a possibility, and for what Yale has done the last half decade, that would be a big step forward. All right, uh, another uh, school that's looking to, to turn around and get a new identity, got a new coach at Imlay City, uh, the, uh, the Spartans, again, struggling with the numbers early on. I think that'll be Coach Brown's biggest thing over the next couple of years is to get the kids first to buy back into Spartan football and come out and play for the program and then I think you'll be surprised because it's a bigger school and you know that there's talent walking the hallways Emily City coming off a two and seven campaign in 2021 their 2022 schedule starts at Hazel Park then they host the next three games against North Branch Almont and Armada at Richmond hosting Yale at Croslex at Algonac and then Flint Southwestern which apparently is just called Flint now um, but they go there yeah coach Brown was put behind the eight ball just from being hired in what the 4th of July, which I had one coach say the latest you can be hired and have a, have a chance in the off season is spring break. So add two, three months to that. (laughs) And yeah, he's going to be fighting an uphill battle. He's going to try to get numbers out. I think they're at about 20 kids right now on varsity, but Emily city has a tougher home schedule than they do a road schedule. Yeah. Oh, yeah, their home you know, schedule. Other than the cross legs game on the road, the the uh, the other three road games, you have a chance. Yeah, and the, the the thing with Coach Brown this year is going to be establishing what the culture is, what the expectations are, and trying to get people a, a buzz a little bit, get get the younger programs involved, establish yourself so that going into the twenty twenty three season. You have guys you're expecting to rely on. You have guys knowing what your culture is, what the expectations are, and what's going to happen. But it, it might be a bumpy start. I think they have a good shot at winning their opener. But in league play, it's going it's going to be a tough road for MLA City. All right. What do you think of North Branch? North Branch, real quick, I'll just do my little shebang for 
them as I do for every team. Coming off a 7-3 and three campaign where at one point, Dennis, they won six straight football games before losing in the opening round of the playoffs to St. Clair. This year, North Branch starts at Redford Thurston. They go to Emily City. They host Yale at Almeida, Croslex at home, and Three Rivers, which is one of the weirder non-conference games in the area, to end the season. I am higher on North Branch than you are. They yes, bring a lot back. I'm doing this on purpose. Yes, okay. So they are bringing a lot back. Will Damasca is a fourth-year quarterback who is a heck of an athlete. Um, he can run the wing tee really well. And I, Coach Furman, whether you like him or you hate him, he finds a way to win football games. They're, the early part of their schedule is pretty nice. They have the the – last year's top of the BWAC coming in at the end of the season, they could get off to a real hot start. Now, do I would I rather play Cross-Lex week one or, or week two or week eight? It's funny because I don't want Cross-Lex to hit their stride, but I might also want to play week eight in the same conditions week eight was last year in that game. I think North Branch right now would be, probably be the neck of the, the team you had the best chance to knock off Croslex, but i think armada almon are right there but i think north branch could be undefeated going into that game against Croslex. okay i i looked at north branch last season as i i was very stubborn about not jumping on the bandwagon not jumping on the bandwagon well because they lost not like jumping 5, on the bandwagon yards of rushing and and then they got to the playoffs on a six game win streak and I said North Branch and then they got blown out by Saint Clair. <laughs> so for coach Furman and all the Broncos uh, I'm gonna be a little bit of a stick in the mud for you again so that you can win <laughs> and then and you being a stick in the mud isn't saying they're going four and five and no this the is playoffs. a winning football team this is a team that's going to be playing playoff football I, I, i'm looking at this that the they might be undefeated uh at the end of september what is the odd what are the odds that they play cross lex week eight and then play in week 10 uh, that could also be something that happens because we really thought that was going to be the uh district championship between those two, and St. Clair did a really good job against against North Branch. But, yeah, they, they do a nice job, or at least the schedule does, of spreading out their big games. Like Yale-Almont, I obviously I just said I was kind of on the Yale train, but that's early. Then you have Algonac in there, and who knows what the situation is with that. Richmond Armada cross Lex is a tough trio of games, but you get the really physical team in the middle and not at the beginning or end where it either bangs you up or knocks you down finally after having such a grueling gauntlet. They play a physical brand of football. You know what they're going to be, and they just find ways to get it done, and they got stronger as the season went on. And they're out on that island out there in North Branch, way away from everybody. Um, and they get to play four of their last five games in North Branch. Yeah, that's a look at the road. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's good on you. The road schedule is at Thurston, at MLA City. Those are two games they should win. At Almont, which they could play that game in a landfill, and it would still be uh, just the same 1940s run it 500 times style game. And then at Armada is their only road game after the middle of September. 
So, yeah, they get to play a lot at home. And North Branch, I think, is a team that you look at the schedule. We said it at the Croslex Camp one that you just kind of assume is going to be for a BWAC title or at least have implications in the BWAC championship. My favorite Montreal Canadian, Mike Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just in time. We're going to talk Croslex here, and then we'll get all up in the thumb. But yes. Croslex is your one BWAC team. Yep. First of all, thanks for, for joining yeah, us for, thanks, thanks for this for extravaganza. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, I'll go over the, the uh, everything with Croslex like I do with everyone else. They're coming off a 10-2 and campaign, their best record since 2012. They lost in a regional final to Freeland. Their schedule this year, Croslex, opened at Swan Valley, at Richmond, home against Armada, at Algonac, at Yale, and then they finish more at home than on the road. Almont at home, Emily City at home, at North Branch, and then Freeland again in week nine. Mike, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on these pioneers? Because we went up to camp just uh, under a week ago. But we haven't really talked to you about them. What are you thinking about Croslex this year? Yeah, so I'm 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 pretty excited about Croslex this year. Um, just obviously based off of what they did last year. But if you look at that senior class they had last year, you know you got your Jake Townsend, your Sage Slanick, uh, Kirk Wilson, Matt Lyons on the offensive line. Um, now this year you're going to have to replace all of that, and I'm looking forward to see what players emerge as the stars this year for Croslex. And, um, you know, it, it, I like the way they set up their schedule um, because they had that great year. And despite losing all of those players, they're still trying to get better. They're trying to have the toughest schedule they possibly can. And I, they're, they're, they're at the top of the BWAC until someone knocks them off. I think it'll come down to Croslex and North Branch. And uh, I, I'm 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 looking forward to that game. I'm glad I'm I'm glad it's at the end of the year uh, because you know both teams will be you know right where they want to be at that point in the season. And uh, I'm I'm really excited for Croslex this year and to see their what their offense does, especially. It's really interesting. We're at a Northern Yale scrimmage, and you know whose name I heard parents talking about? Who? Joey Ramsey. <laughs> His name came up in a conversation. There, there was a group of people sitting a couple rows in front of me before you got there, uh, and they were talking, and, and the Croslex game came up, and it was one of the mothers said, that Ramsey kid at Croslex is going to be something else. And he is. He is, yeah. You, you mentioned the, the four big names they lost, yep. but it feels like they kept a lot of the core there. Like yes. There's still a yes. lot of familiar names. Mm -hmm. Dennis, I think you're the leader of the Belly Grappi fan club. Belly oh, Grappi might be yeah. the best running back in the area. Yeah. He's, he's certainly top three. He's only a junior. Only a, only a junior. I'm very high on Gavin Espinosa. I, mm -hmm. Nobody's going to be Jake Townsend, but I think Gavin Espinosa is going to be Gavin Espinosa, and I think we're going to really like this football player. Um, I also like Jackson Gonzalez mm -hmm. uh, as a name that we're going to say a, a lot more this season catching the football. I think they have several weapons. Hosterman. Hosterman. Soul. Um, they've got – a humongous tight end that they'll hardly ever use, but when they do, I don't see how they'll miss yeah, him Vander and how he won't catch the ball over everybody. Vanderby's, what, 6'9", yeah. something ridiculous yeah. like that. So it's, 
Yeah, they, they're going to have weapons. And you know what the funny part is? When you talk to their coaches, they say the defense is going to be the, right, the, the right. stronger side of the ball. And it might be. I mean, their defense was fantastic last year, especially, you know, towards the end of the season. But uh, what, what I'm really hoping for from this season from Croslex is another game like Armada where we get to see Belly Grappi carry the ball 40 times. <laughs> and I, I kind of wish that's what Croslex did every game. Just give that kid the ball 40 times. And until they stop it. Yeah, until they stop him. Yeah, and because I was at the blue white scrimmage, and every every time he carried the ball, he's carrying four or five guys, just fighting for extra yards. And when you pair that with the you know the high powered passing offense that Croslex has, it's going to be incredibly hard to stop them. One thing that I think helps Croslex a little bit is they play Emily City before North Branch. And North Branch has to go to Armada the week before. Okay, yeah. So it's a little more of a physical game there. Could Cross-Lex, I mean, is there a chance they go 7-2, and two, they split their non-conference and maybe stumble in the BWAC? I don't think that's a crazy thing to happen. Would I still think they have a legit chance to win a regional title? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, too, like, they want to win the BWAC. We all know that. And, and they definitely don't want to lose to North Branch. Right. They want to win the BWAC, and they want to beat North Branch. But that's really what's burning on these guys. They want to run in the playoffs. They want another regional title game. Yeah, they want another regional title game, and they want to do better in it than they did a year ago against Freeland. Well, we, we talked about this a little with Coach Agro, and Mike, you've been around long enough. You know, it's one thing to take the step from, like, five-win, six-win team to eight, nine wins and winning a district. Mm-hmm. It's another jump and an even tougher jump to go from playing in a regional final to playing at Fort Field. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you know, sometimes you can get a nice draw. Sometimes you can have everything break right and you can get an eight and one season or back to back eight and one seasons. It's another thing to year in and year out be playing with some of the best in the state. And Freeland was. Uh, nose hair away from going to Ford Field and beating those teams. And I think that's what's on, like you said, Dennis, yeah. on everyone's mind. How do we make that next jump to state title contenders and not just good for the Blue Water area? Because they are starting to get a little love around the state. Yeah. You look mm-hmm. at some people's well, top tens. They're not too high. They'll put them at number 10 or honorable mention. But they're, some people are taking notice of the pie. I, I think they look at what Chelsea did last year and they go, why can't we be Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why can't we do what they did? Yeah, and you, the good news about them is one, King opted up to Division Three, mm-hmm. so that, that that's helps. a big. That helps. I think everyone at Cross Lex would say, yeah, that would take a special game to beat Detroit King. <laughs> yes, but there's no real De La Salle. I mean, there's Orchard Lake St. Mary's, mm-hmm. but they haven't been. D LaSalle levels good. They haven't been GRCC levels of good. D4 is a pretty wide open division. Frankenmuth and Marine City are down in five. There's not one big stumbling block that you go to Croslex and they go, how the hell are we going to beat X? Mm-hmm. And that helps them in the playoffs. Well, I think Croslex, they, they want another shot at that regional title game because that game against Freeland last year, it just – it it wasn't cross lex i mean they they made uh, quite a few mistakes and what two kickoffs right and when you're playing a team like freeland freeland's not 
going to make a mistake. So you have to be perfect. And I think, you know, beefing up their schedule and, you know, going to these seven-on-sevens and these scrimmages over the summer, you know, to get up to that level. Um, because once you get to that, that that point in the playoffs, there's there's no room for error. And I think Croslex they found that out last year. And, you know, they're going to take that and, and build off of that this year. Well, you also have to remember this is a team that hadn't played in a regional title game in 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit to build that, to know how to win once you get there. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you see teams take the step from fringe playoff team to state semifinal. Right. And and Freeland's been there. I mean, they've 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 been a consistently great uh, playoff team. And, uh, you know, Croslex, they're – they're they're in the early stages of a program like that, um, you know, getting in, you know, winning a district title, um, and now it's just going to be how do you get to that next level? Well, what I do know is since Mike Legro's been there, he's lost to one BWAC team, and that was North Branch in the same year twice. Mm-hmm. He's sixteen and four. They have been successful, and I think a catastrophic year would be six and three for them. And I think it's more likely that we're talking at least eight wins for across Lex. And by week six, I'm geeking out on Maptology, trying to figure out what the road's going <laughs> to yeah. be for uh-huh. Cross Lex and where they'd run in to a Freeland he's, or where they run in people, to a St. Mary's <laughs> and when that big roadblock would be. He's not kidding about any of that you wanted uh, marysville back on ph's schedule can i get one game i just want one game <laughs> i just want one game i want a crosslex marine city game somebody figure out how we can get that and let <laughs> and let's get it done while these two teams are at this level i think uh people in crosslex would tell you that marine city would need to find about 75 to 100 more kids in their school <laughs> before they do that so but, yes, that would be – last year that would have been a dream game that we would have been fighting over to do that game. But, that, anyway, any last thoughts? That's tho- the game I want. Any last thoughts on the BWAC, Dennis? No, let's get Marine City in the BWAC. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you have anything on any other BWAC team since you joined us a bit late or um, – No, not really. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot uh, regarding the BWAC. Um, I know there's there's a few new coaches, uh, a couple of uh, Grunman and Yale entering his yeah. second year. Um, so I am excited to see some of these teams uh, build up because, you know, the, the, to the top of the BWAC is always – so so strong right and the bottom half is not not so great and it it'd be great to see those teams build up and you know have a completely solid BWAC. if yale can be what i think they can you might see six playoff BWAC teams that would be fantastic so i think that's a possibility yeah. so we got the thumb coming up next with someone that knows his way around the thumb. (laughs) Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a Call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from Certainty Roofing. 
Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us us and our social media for the latest updates on port huron schools having car trouble look no further than marysville goodyear located at 291 range road marysville goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs they know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation consistency is the name of the game for the folks at marysville goodyear need tires marysville goodyear is a certified dealer of goodyear dunlop and kelly tires and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Mary's Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Mike Gallagher, and we're going to talk about the uh, thumb now and a new look, GTC East. There's There's been changes afoot. Uh, no longer do we have a Brown City and a K-Pack in that league, and Cassidy has flipped from the west to the east. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, the east is just going to be a dogfight this year. Cassidy, Cassidy is the west's version of Ubley. Uh, they're very similar in their play styles. Um, I'm pretty sure that matchup is later in the season, so you're going to see... They play uh, September 30th, week six. Okay, so I mean that... It's probably second to last, yeah. That's probably for the title. Um, but Harbor Beach and Sandusky, you know, they're in the mix as well. Um, it's 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 a it's a weird trade because you lose K Pack and Brown City, who have not been all that competitive, and then you bring in Cass City, who might be the best team in the West over the past five years. So I mean, the East is just going to be brutal this year. So we'll start with this. Poor Memphis. Yeah. Like, pff, where's the weak spot? The right. weakest spot yeah. would have been Marlette. And yeah. they won a playoff game right. last year <laughs> over Cass City. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be tough to get the Yellow Jackets up and running. But hopefully they figure it out. They took a step forward last year. They did. And they, they upset a few people. All right. So I guess we'll start in your backyard. Um, Sandusky is one of the main teams you cover. Mm-hmm. They're coming off a 3-6 and six year after a really good 2020 campaign. Sandusky this year at Laker. Bad Axe in Memphis at home. At Marlette. Cass City Harbor Beach at home. At Ubley. At Reese. USA at home. What do you know about the Sandusky football team? So I saw Sandusky at USA for their scrimmage. Uh, this they scrimmage someone they were going to play, huh? They did, yeah. That's, so you don't it, see it, that it was often. Uh, USA and Stanish Sterling, which Stanish Sterling had a great playoff run last year. Um, and Sandusky didn't look all that great against Stanish Sterling, but they looked awesome against USA. So if they're somewhere in the middle. That's a that's good. that's a pretty decent football team, I'd say. They uh, they bring back almost everybody from last year. Uh, their their starting running back from last year is, I believe, one of only two seniors from last year's team, uh, Martin Tovar. So they are going to have to replace him. Um, but with the way Sandusky plays football, they they're just so good at running that wing T, and it's. When, when you run the wing tee and when you're so good at it, it's a lot easier to replace running backs. And I'm looking forward to seeing who emerges as that back because Sandusky's just had a great stretch of running backs over the past decade. And uh, we're going to find out right away, you know, what where Sandusky's at with, uh, you know, Lakers right off the bat and then mm-hmm. Bad X in week two. Um, so they're going to have to hit the ground running, and uh, we're going to know a lot more about them after those two weeks. Um, and then you said Memphis after that. Yeah, Memphis yeah. week three. That's your one weaker part of the schedule. Right, right. Good Lord is the GTC East. That might be one of the toughest D8-7 conferences in the state. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I – I don't know that Sandusky's quite to the level of Ubley and Cass City and Harbor Beach yet, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Sandusky beat any of those teams. Um, 
they're they're just they're really good at what they do. Um, their offensive line, they bring everybody back from last year. Uh, Mitchell Davis, uh, Nick Lean, uh, Corey Lamson, just a really talented offensive line. And if Sandusky can, you know, run the ball, it, it doesn't really matter much what their defense does because they can just they can just just chew you like just run the ball on you all all night and just mm -hmm. grind you out and win games that way well let's just get this out of the way too because i'm sure people are curious give us a reader's digest version of where they are with the the naming of the school yeah we're uh, um at the at this point we're starting over we're at the beginning again uh doesn't sound like uh anything will be decided anytime soon um they had a board meeting last last monday and uh just more more craziness more uh members of the community uh being pretty vocal um so i we're we're, we're kind of nowhere right now which i i think dennis and i both agree that i respect them for going Okay, we need to start over and mm -hmm. didn't try to shove a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather they think about this than just grab a name off the wall mm -hmm. and it be a bad one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I will commend them for having the wherewithal and the self awareness mm -hmm. to say, okay, scratch this. Let's go back to the drawing yeah, board. Let's do it right. Yeah. So, and I also see the other the other side of that as well, where you know people are starting to get pretty frustrated. You know, uh, if 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 you're going to change the the school mascot, you really need to have a plan. And um, I, I think that 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 point is kind of passed. So um, at this point, you know, just start over and do it right. Yeah, because you're not going to start over again. Right. Anyway, let's go to the. Another team that kind of jumped up last year was a feel-good story, the Marlette Red Raiders, coming mm -hmm. off a 7-4 and four campaign. They hadn't won seven games since 2013. Red Raiders open at Cairo, then bring USA into town in Week 2 at Ubley, Sandusky Harbor Beach, back-to-back -back games at home at Memphis, Cass City, and then they go to Vassar in Week 8 before they try to find a game for Week 9. So the Red Raiders only with eight uh, games on the schedule, looking for a ninth, looking for back-to-back -back playoff appearances for the first time since 13 and 14, while well, full-season playoff appearances. Can the Red Raiders keep riding this, or was last year kind of a really good class and a crescendo? Yeah, so last year they had uh, 14 seniors on the team, um, <clears throat> just a, a, a great senior class, and they are going to take a step back this year. Um, but the, the the nice thing about this point in the in the off season, you, you're looking at schedules and you're looking at teams, and you're like. I think they could maybe make the playoffs. And you kind of think about that with a majority of the teams you look at. And Marlette's one of those teams where it's like, maybe they could make the playoffs. Their, their crossovers are, are pretty nice. Uh, they should be favored against Caro. They should be favored against USA. Should be favored against Memphis. Uh, depending on Vassar. who you get, yeah, should be favored against Vassar. Uh, and then it'll depend on who they get week nine. And um uh, I, I talked to their coach last week. They're thinking um, if Algonac ends up not playing this year, uh, Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes. Would just take their – What could potentially be a Week 9 game, which 
Marlette would probably be favored in that one yeah. as Derrick well. Lakes has struggled for about three years yeah. now. They're yep. a D8 team. Right. So if, you know, Marlette pulls off an upset somewhere, now, granted, it's going to be really hard to do that when your chances for an upset is Ubley, Cass City, Harbor Beach, yeah. Sandusky. I mean, maybe you hope Sandusky isn't what they've been in years past, and that's more of an even game. Right. That's a game they took to Sandusky last year, 36-12. Yes. Yep, yep. And I, I don't know. They, they, they. The biggest thing is the quarterback position for Marlette. Uh, Jason Tenbush was uh, the quarterback for the past two years, and he did a great job of running their their spread uh, spread offense. Uh, Quentin Sarton's going to be the quarterback this year, and um, he was great at the JV level last year. Um, he got a little bit of action on varsity, uh, but not not a whole lot. So I'm excited to see what he does at quarterback. Um, they have some starters back on the offensive line. Um, the defense is going to be the question mark because um, they lost a lot of uh, talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to Marlette just because, you know, I, I'm not sure what to expect with them. When you lose a senior class like that, uh, it's, it's really tough because you're replacing – you know, a lot of those guys were two-way starters. So, right. I mean, you're looking for a starter, I mean, on both sides of the ball. So there's there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the younger guys to step up. Um, and I'm excited to see which one of those – which you know, which one of those guys do step up. Um, so Marlette may be uh, a sleeper for the playoffs this year, but um, it'll, all de- it'll all depend on, you know, how, um, how they rebuild from last year's team. I'm looking at the GTC East then as kind of a league here where there really isn't a clear-cut winner, but we could have a situation where two, three, maybe even four teams all split with each other and share a championship. That's that's possible as well because, I mean, Harbor Beach and Ubley, you can never you can never count out Harbor Beach in a game like that. Uh, Cass City – I, they they're so they match up so well with Ubley. You don't you don't really know who could win that one. But yeah, I mean it, it's just going to be a dog fight this year, and uh, I, I I I couldn't even tell you who I would pick. Well, let's talk about the defending GTC East champs, a team that has gone to at least the semifinals each of the last three seasons. The Ubley Bearcats coming off a 12-1 campaign when they lost a heartbreaker to Beale City in the D8 semifinals. This year, the Ubley Bearcats start at Bad Axe. Caro is at home in week two, home against Marlette, then at Harbor Beach, at Memphis, at Cass City, Sandusky at home, week eight at Unionville Seabowing, and then they end the season against Reese. I know they're not in your coverage area, mm-hmm. but what do you know about the Ugly Bearcats? Well, I know they're getting a lot of preseason hype. And I've seen I, them ranked number one in I, multiple. I, I think it's well, well deserved, well deserved hype. Um, they're they didn't lose much from last year. They got Evan Prusky back at quarterback. He's only uh, a junior, right? He's only a junior, but this will be his third year as a starter. Yeah. Um, so when you have a guy like him, you're you're gonna you're gonna win some games. And Ubley, you know, similar to Sandusky, they're just so good at what they do. That you know, once they get rolling, it's pretty hard to stop them. And their schedule—you said it was Bad Axe Week One, Bad Axe Week One, Carroll Week Two, and then their last two are Unionville, Seabowing, and Reese. Okay, so the crossovers are pretty favorable. Um, 
Oh, man, I, I could definitely see him making another run. Um, I believe Hudson is up in D7 this year, um, and they were one of the favorites in Division 8. Um, Beale City is going to be tough again, um, but I don't see any reason why Ubley doesn't make another run in the, in the, in the playoffs. Now, granted, I really thought because I did the Beale City game last year. I really thought Upley was the better team yeah. and should have won that football game. Yep, yep. And I mean, they're going to be battle tested. Uh, the The crossover games uh, are not qu- quite as tough as the GTC East games they have this year, but they're going to be battle tested by the time they get through the the GTC East. I mean, they're they're going to be ready to go in the playoffs. Uh, as long as you can stay healthy, um, I think we're going to see Ubley going into this into the playoffs, playing their best football of the year, and uh, th- they seem to do that every year. I'd like to get an Ubley Cardinal Money playoff game at some point. That would be a lot of fun. I'm trying to find the classifications for uh, this year. The the new MHSA site is not. There are some things that they need to work out. I'm not. I'm not a fan. No. It feels like they I wanted met anybody who is yet. I no. think they wanted it before uh, football season started, but it's like we're just trying to get it because I'm trying to see because yeah. Beale City actually went up in it, or actually went down in enrollment, so they're still going to be D8. But I wanted to see who's still there. Okay. Hudson this year is um, up to 280, so that's got to be close mm-hmm. to D7. But with Ubley. How much of it, we talk about a mental barrier with a rival, mm-hmm. like the, the Michigan-Ohio State uh, with playing Marine City, some of the MAC t- uh, teams and their rivals. Is there almost a mental barrier they have to get over? Like They've gotten so close so many times that the they feel that pressure to finally get over that hump because it's not been one team that's always stopped them. Every, right. It's been Traverse City, St. Francis, Beale City, Centerville. Um, you Puama Westphalia when they were in D7. Like, they have been close so many times, and it's been different teams to stop them. Is it just something maybe we're overplaying, or do you think that is something that once they get to that semifinals, they want to be the first team to finally break through? Yeah, I think it's – it uh it's just once you get to that point in the playoffs it's it's hard to win games and it's hard to win games at that point in the playoffs playing the way that ugly does when when you're running the wing tee when you're you know just running the ball as as much as possible it's a little bit harder to win games at that point in the season um but I, I don't think there's any mental block there. Um, I, I believe Ubley has been in the finals a couple times. I, they may – There have been, let's see, one, to two. They think they've lost four different ones, I believe. Okay. Somewhere around there, two or three at least. Yeah. And uh, the thing with Ubley is, you know, the coaches that they had back then are still – uh, with the program now, maybe not as head coach. Only two final losses. Okay. 2020 and like 2007. Okay, 2007, yeah. Or 2008, sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, – I don't know, though. I mean, maybe there is. It's it's hard to say. I mean, it's a pretty big stage when you get to that point in the season, and it's a pretty big stage at Ford Field. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope this is the year for them, um, and maybe it is. Luck plays into it too yes, a little it does. bit yeah. because I mean look they, they get to the finals in 2020 and they have to play a Centerville team 
that gave up 29 points all season mm-hmm. only got scored on in three games all season and who didn't have to play the semifinal game. Everest got COVID and forfeited. Mm-hmm. Like, so luck kind of plays into it right. too well, with, and- with who you draw every once in a while. Somebody on the other side of the bracket's got to get upset, and, right. and you got to draw the right matchup. And it doesn't seem like Ubley ever. They've gets just that made right. so many deep runs. Right. Uh, like the next team we talked about, they were able to make the run. The Harbor Beach Pirates back yep. in 2012, yep. they were able to uh, win a state title. They are coming off a six and four campaign. Harbor Beach opens at USA. Reese at home at Cass City. Home against Ubley at Marlette at, at Sandusky. Home against Memphis at Bad Axe and Vassar again. Harbor Beach a little outside your coverage area, but you know more about the Pirates than we do what can you tell us about them yeah Harbor Beach is a team that you're not going to be able to count out pretty much any year in the east Um, they do a really good job offensively they do a lot of different things you know they can run the wing t or they can go to spread or they can go they can do some read option Uh, so they're they're a a little bit tougher to stop because they can do so much stuff on the offensive side of the ball and uh, their quarterback is back this year. Uh, he's supposed to be, you know, pretty talented. And you know, uh, Harbor Beach has had a pretty good run of quarterbacks. And um, I, the Harbor Beach Ubley is going to be a big one. Harbor Beach Cass City should be a big one. Um, and then the non-conference, it looks like it shapes up pretty good for Harbor Beach. Um, but that, that's a team we're definitely going to see in the playoffs. Well, whether it's uh, as the GTC's champs, I, I'm not sure. But um, that's that's a team that's going to be in the playoffs, and they're they're going to be a dangerous team by the time we get to the playoffs. Can you tell us anything about our newest friends in the GTC East Cassidy? I know you mentioned them a little earlier, but anything yeah, else? not I. I don't know a whole lot about Cass City, especially with them being in the West last year. Um, but I do know that they're they're uh, they're a, a power run team. Uh, they play really well on defense, and uh, I think they're going to fit in with the East extremely well. Um, last year they were they were pretty young. Last year was uh, kind of a rebuilding year for them. Um, I mean, I but they also made the playoffs. So I mean, right. Last year was supposed to be a rebuilding year, and they still made the playoffs. So I think the group that they have coming back this year is, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be ready to make a run at the Greater Thumb East title. All right, Dennis, you ready to jump to eight man? Yeah, let, let's talk eight man, and uh, let's uh, go right to the uh, to the stars, the the NCTL stars, Deckerville. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in our area, they are the team that we always talk about. But by Deckerville standards, doesn't it feel like we've had a couple of off seasons? And I know that's hard. They went eight and two last. They're, year. Yeah, they're right. twelve and five in their last two seasons. But right. but the the you. They are a powerhouse, and like Morris beat them sixty to eighteen mm-hmm. the last week of the regular season, and then Britton Deerfield handled them in the in a playoff game. I just feel like the last couple of years it hasn't been the same Eagles football teams that we've been used to. Yeah, and I think it it might feel that way because we haven't really seen that much postseason success from Deckerville. Uh, over the past couple years and you know Morris they they just they ran the stars while they were in there I don't know that they lost a conference game maybe one or 
two games. So I mean, Morris is just on an, another level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think it's also a, uh, with Deckerville. They're they're so good that when they go undefeated, it's like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's expected. just a, yeah, it's expected. By the way, yeah. Morris lost one game, and that was to Kingston back in 2017. Okay, so I, th- I thought so it was yeah, something once. crazy like yeah. that. Yeah, and Morris was just a really good team and. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, too sad to see them go, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Deckerville they they welcome in uh, two new team or one new team to the uh, stars from around the area. K Pack comes in, but yeah, Deckerville hasn't won a playoff game since 2019. I know with the way eight man's going, there's more teams, there's more mm-hmm. good teams yep. in eight man, but. Do you think this is a year where they take a step forward and maybe we see them playing in a state semifinal, or do you think they're going to have to get through one of those really tough teams in the playoffs? I think this is going to be a year where, uh, you know, Deckerville, they're still going to be great, but they're not going to be making a playoff run. Uh, maybe, but they 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 great offensive lineman of the year, uh, Carson Benji. Um, so they have some they have some holes, but um, if if they can get those kids, they have a few sophomores that are going to be starting. They've talked about a couple of freshmen that they might bring up, so they're going to be young. Um, but the thing about Deckerville is you got you have the whole regular season to coach those kids up and. Um, that's if if um if those kids can fill in at spots um i think we could see deckerville win the stars maybe kingston this this might be the year kingston gets by deckerville uh i kind of feel like um but i think deckerville they're going to be a playoff team and depending on the draw maybe they win a game or two um but their secondary is extremely young um, they don't have a single starter in the defensive backfield that played varsity last year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, losing your top two running backs. Um, I'm not as worried about that because Deckerville, like, they, it doesn't matter who right. they have at running back. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be good at it. And um, they're going to have to lean on that this year because um, their defense is so young. You're going to want to choose some clock. You're going to want to, you know, grind games out. Uh, which Deckerville is very good at. Um, I, I like their schedule. Um, again, I think Kingston may be the favorite this year, but we've also said that for the past five years with Kingston-Deckerville. Right. Other new team, as I mentioned, KPAC in the Stars. I, I know, again, not in Sanilac County, but they're new to the eight-man, they're new to the league. What do you know about the Chiefs and what KPAC is in for making the transition full-time to eight-man? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be kind of tough for KPAC at first. Uh, they have Deckerville Week 2, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, that's a, a good way to get North in, here on introduced. Week one, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be tough for KPAC, but – at least now they have a, a chance. You know, last year mm-hmm. when they were playing in the East, you know, they, they, they didn't even have a chance. And um, I think they're going to be able to build something there. Um, they're going to have the opportunity to win some games. Um, they didn't have great numbers last year, but, you know, I think once once you have a team where kids realize that you have an opportunity to win you can win um i think that'll that'll bring the numbers back up at k-pack um 
the Stars is a tough division, though. I mean, that's it's going to be your first year of eight-player football, which is already a tough transition. But then you're also playing in one of the tougher divisions in the area for uh, eight eight-player. Yeah, because uh, we mentioned Deckerville and Kingston. Genesee and Mayville are usually tough as well. Yep, yep. And they've been playing 11-player. I, I mean, that's – Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Like it's going to be tough for KPAC because they've never played right. eight player football the, before. And it's a different game and it's a different schematically, mm-hmm. and you have to figure. Out. I mean, it took the whole state what half a decade to really, especially defensively, figure out how mm-hmm. to lock it down. Yep. All right, let's go to your alma mater. Let's go to the Stripes, the Peck Pirates, coming off a six and four campaign. What do you see for the Pirates this year? They open with Brown City and they close with Deckerville. So those will be two fun games. And they've been competitive in the stripes. Can they finally reach up and grab it? I think this is this might be the year. I think North Huron, um, they're they're going to take a step back just because they 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 were so good last year and they their senior class was so talented. And you know Will Case at quarterback is going to be tough to replace him. Um, Peck. Kind of in the same boat, though. They they lose Nathan Robar. Um, he rushed for almost 2,000 yards last year. And, you know, it's going to be tough to replace that. Um, but the player to watch for Peck this year is going to be Caleb Lettner. He played – he was quarterback last year, and he was mostly a running quarterback. Uh, Peck doesn't really throw the ball all that much. Um, but now he's going to be the main guy. Um, he's going to be replacing Robar in the backfield. He's mm-hmm. moving to the running back position. He'll be playing safety on defense. Um, as the, the, the one thing with Peck, though, is they're going to have to – stay healthy because right. they're they're not very deep and if if they have you know any type of serious injuries during the year that's gonna set them back uh last year we saw it uh letner went down in the cps game and peck looked like a completely Lost different team after that yeah and that's just that's what it's like at those smaller schools you you can't lose anybody because if you lose a guy, uh, that's a starter on both sides, and your backup is probably a freshman or a sophomore. Um, but if, if or Peck, somebody who hasn't really played the position, well, that that too, yeah, yeah. But Peck returns their entire offensive line. Uh, last year, their line was extremely young; they were all either freshmen or sophomores. Um, which you know, there's a learning curve there. But now you come into this year with an experienced offensive line. Um, so I think I think this might be the year for Peck. Um, I, I'm excited for the Brown City uh, matchup. Uh, I think we talked about that the last time I was here, yeah. and um, I'm I'm happy to see Deckerville back on the schedule for Peck. Um, I don't know that Peck wins either of those games, um, but I'm I'm glad to see him on the schedule. And the 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 thing with the stripes though, it's just so wide open this year. Uh, I've I've heard a lot of good things about All Saints. Apparently their numbers are fantastic this year. They have uh, uh, a varsity and JV, which you don't you don't see that in the NCTL stripes. No. Um, so maybe which, if that's true, their enrollment numbers for Bay City All Saints. That's who, mm-hmm. according to this site, they have fifty five kids enrolled in the school. Right. Which is what, so you're saying you have every <laughs> every yeah. male athlete out. So I believe. It was either last year or the year before. Bay City All Saints started a co-op with Bay City Academy 
which I have I had never heard of, and I'm still not really sure what it is. But apparently, they they must get a decent amount of kids from that. Um, but I I don't really know a whole lot about about All Saints other than that. Uh, New Haven Merritt, they're kind of a wild card every year. You don't really know yeah. uh, what to expect from them. They, they were one of the stronger teams for years in, in mm-hmm. the stripes, and then they took their lumps when they got moved up to the Stars. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, Caseville, I've, I've heard good things from Caseville. Uh, Akron Fairgrove, not really sure. Um, but I, I think the stripes is just so wide open this year. And, you know, when you have an experienced coach like Rob McDaniel at Peck, um, that's going to be a huge advantage, um, you know, going into games with with those teams. Can I get excited about CPS again? Yes, they yes, you can. They made some steps last yes, year. Three and six last year, and they almost knocked off Peck. Uh, they almost beat very, All Saints. Very young yeah. coach, but they've moved in the right direction. One win in twenty, three wins in twenty-one. Can we see that number go up again in twenty-two? I'm I'm hoping for playoffs this year for CPS. I wow. mean, they uh, they they really deserve it. Coach Hartzell deserves it. He's he's rebuilt the program. Um, you know, from a. a what was it 2018 they were playing a jv schedule and you know it it might not look like a lot but three wins yes. i mean th- three games doesn't look like a lot but that is so and huge. they were competitive in most of their losses yes. yep and that that peck cps game i think that was kind of uh, a turning point for the for the program because you can see okay yeah we can compete with you know the top teams in the stripes and you know looking at cps's schedule i like the way it's lined up uh because there's a lot of winnable games at the beginning of the season and then it gets really tough at the back end of the season so you know if you can if you can win those games at the beginning of the season get things figured out offensively uh because they do have to replace trenton mitchell at quarterback he was a four-year starter um it's going to be hard to replace him um but I I don't know. I just got a feeling about CPS. I, I like the way their schedule is set up. Um, I mean, they could start the year three and zero, which I don't know that CPS has done that. Maybe other than the Let's year see. they won the state title last year that they started three and zero. Wow, you have me going way back. Uh, Thirteen, they started uh, six and one, but lost game three. Three and zero, yeah, twenty ten. Yeah, was the last time. Even the year they won the official state title, they lost to Akron Fairgrove in Week Three. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest upsets of all time. And then they beat them later yeah. in the same season, thirty-nine to six. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, they. I hope we see more from the Tigers and our final eight-man team, the one of the newest eight, well, probably the newest eight-man team, Brown City. Yes. Yeah, Brown City. They're the they're the biggest question mark of all the all the teams in my coverage area. I feel like because you just you don't know what to expect. But um, I I I saw them last week. They were scrimmaging with Kingston, Deckerville, and North Huron, and I think this team is going to compete. I don't know how many games they're going to win because their schedule is just absolutely brutal and weird and weird. But this is a team they're they're going to compete. I think they're going to score a ton of points. Um, I I don't know how good they'll be defensively um, because like like you mentioned, it's it's really hard to make that adjustment from eleven player to eight player. Um, but they looked okay on defense. They 
they uh, in the when they were uh, scrimmaging Deckerville, uh, Deckerville's first drive on offense, first play run up the middle, Deckerville plows over the Brown City linebacker, and I think Brown City was like, okay, we this is this is still physical football. We're 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 gonna we're gonna have to play hard, um, and then you know Deckerville scores on that first drive. They ran the ball up the middle three times. And after that, Brown City kind of settled in. And if they can, if they can at be at least decent on defense, I think their offense is going to be really exciting because they have a lot of a lot of playmakers. Um, their quarterback, um, he he was put in a tough spot last year because the starter and the backup got injured. So he was a freshman starting. I think he he started three maybe four games uh which is a tough situation for a freshman um but now he'll be back and um he's he's going to be uh i I think he's going to be able to lead their their offense uh kyle affer is probably going to be one of the best players in sandlot county this year uh clint Ford, the team captain uh he's going to be all over the field he'll be playing a lot of different positions um but i don't know what that's going to translate into wins wise just because the schedule is is so tough well yeah the only team that they play that's even within the same area code is peck besides peck maple the valley team they play that's on the same continent is yeah PAC. yeah yeah <laughs> owen oh, it's a, owen, owen comma is that Onekama. How, Onekama. Onekama. Yeah. Sutton's Bay, Martin, Britain, Deerfield, which is the next closest, and that's basically Adrian. Um, Messick, Vandercook Lake, and Sutton's Bay again. Yeah. But you guys Where are going to Vermontville? That is um, – I'm not sure. On Michigan football, it says it's Vermontville, and then there's something. Maple on, Valley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the historical site has it as Maple Valley. Okay. So their full thing is yeah, Vermontville Maple Valley. Okay. So which they play two teams from Indiana and Ohio, so that tells you how far away yeah, they are. Okay. Far away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you guys are going to have a couple opportunities to see Brown City this year because just because they play on Saturday, they, they have they, to play on Saturday. <laughs> travel yeah. so far away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anything else with the thumb? Did we miss anyone? Is there anyone um, else? Just going back to CPS real quick, um, Nick Lewis, he's going to be fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing a little bit of quarterback and running back. He was the regional champion in the 100-meter dash last year. That helps. And just uh, CPS has such, a, such an exciting offense, and I'm looking forward to seeing him be the focal point. Um, other than that, I think we might have covered everything. I know it's it's hard to get everything in, but um, yeah, I think that's about it. So we've been recording for what three hours now? About that. so close. I think that we've covered just about everything. Wednesday we will have the picks, and actually it'll come up after the show's released. But you can join us with the picks. We'll have a fan. A way for you to interact, put up a little form so you can join us with the picks every week. Cool. See how you stack up with Dennis and I and our guests. Um, and then, Dennis, one more time, remind them where we are this week. All right. On uh, Thursday, I'm in Marysville. Marysville takes on Elmont to open the uh, season, mm-hmm. while okay. Brady uh, heads to Richmond for a Richmond-St. Clair game. And if you thought Thursday was pretty good, wait till you hear about Friday. 
when I head to the big house in Ann Arbor oh, for nice. Port Huron High and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. And uh, after that game's over, you flip over to stream two because I'm a 3.30 kickoff. And then Brady's got 7 o'clock kickoff for Armada and Marine City. And then just because we can, I'll go to Roseville <laughs> on Saturday for uh, Cardinal Mooney's opener. They're taking on Sterling Heights Parkway Christian. Sounds good. I think we had a lot. Thank you for sitting through all this, but it has been a great episode. And if you listen to every last second, well, you are you're a true fan. Yeah, so you get a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's cookie. We were going to give Mike the cookie, yeah, but now yeah. we're going to give it to a listener instead. <laughs> all right. Uh, rankings and picks on Wednesday? On Wednesday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.